Welcome in, one and all, to episode four of the Travis Dufour Show. My name is Travis Dufour. This titled episode is, well, the title is the grand finale. And now introducing my co-host, Mike Yatsko. Yeah, dig it, daddy. What's yeah. up, man? Hey, man, you can follow the Dufour brand on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are on all social media platforms. Please give us uh, the five-star rating on Apple Podcast. Uh, wherever you listen to the show, please give us that positive rating. And with that being said, Mike, take it away, brother. Yeah, man, we've been chronicling uh, your pro wrestling career over the last few episodes. And so we are on part four, part four of this whole docu-series. And uh, we've gotten to talk about a whole bunch of stuff so let's just dig into it. We're in the year 2014, picking up where we kind of left off. And uh, I guess we'll go with our first date here in the notes, in the in the chat logs right here. <laughs> Ju July 19th, 2014, CPW in New Creek Fair. Uh, that's New Creek, West Virginia. So tell me about this event and uh, your role in it. Sure. Uh, Championship Pro Wrestling, they're kind of known for going to the, the fairs of the world. I mean, they uh, I've wrestled for the <laughs> at, at a different fair so many places. CPW is one of those places that, you know, will put you in that fair setting. And like you said, we are in New Creek, West Virginia. Uh, we're actually at the fire hall uh, for this event. And right across uh, the parking lot is where they have a Ferris wheel, a lot of stuff going on over there. Uh, but on this particular night for CPW, uh, I am in the ring with the man who broke me into the business, Shane Shadows. Sexy Shane Shadows. He is that, the, was that his name? Yeah, he is the sexy one. I, I guess in his now, to his credit, Mike, uh, in his younger days, I guess he was a little, little easy on the eyes. <laughs> oh. Me too. Maybe. Me too. Maybe uh, you too. Me, me too. Me too. Sexy Mike Yatsko. <laughs> I don't like to try to brag. You know, I don't like to make the show. It's not my show, but no, it was he, a time. And, and you know what? That's why we love you, Mike. Uh, now Shane Shadows, he <laughs> he was known as Sexy Shane Shadows because in his younger days he, uh, you know, was easy on the eyes. But uh, with that being said, the sexy one, Shane Shadows, he he was never known as the sexy one. By the way. Um, he is in a very competitive match with me here on July 19th. It's a very hot summer day, Mike. And I I made a mistake before this match. <laughs> what did you do? What's the mistake? It's important to uh, go ahead and have your stomach full before a match, before an event. Um, you want to eat probably pretty heavy in the morning, I would say. Let the day digest that. Have something to snack on throughout the day. Um, on this day, Travis Dufour <laughs> decided to pick up a, a steak and cheese sub 12, 12 inch from sheets. And I guzzled that down about an hour before this match. Oh boy. Sounds like a mistake. I mean, you got the, the heat of summer. I mean, you're, you're, you're in a very physical match with Shane shadows. I mean, so you're going to be feeling that. Oh, brother, the second that this match is over, by the way, Shane Shadows did pick up the win tonight. Um, the second I get to the back, I, I am running into the parking lot uh, right here in New Creek, West Virginia, puking my guts out. Damn, that Terrible. sucks, man. 
No, but uh, that's just some healthy advice. Any young wrestlers, because I know there's a lot of young wrestlers, uh, especially in the West Virginia, Pennsylvania area that have checked out the show. That is some healthy advice to you. To me, right? To me. No, to the listeners. Mike. To the listeners. Ah, oh, gotcha, gotcha. That couldn't have been fun, though. Puking, puking right before a match like that. That's unsettling. That's not good. It's not where you want to be. Yeah, I mean, it was after that's the match. Champ- oh, after the match. But that's not what champions do. Champions don't vomit afterwards. It was definitely not an adrenaline rush. I, I, uh, To this day, Mike, I hate puking. <laughs> <laughs> well, who who likes it? It's not fun. <laughs> well, we won't get into who likes it. Uh, but uh, Oh, jeez. <laughs> a little touchy subject there. Yes. <laughs> okay. August 16th. Let's go ahead and move it on to August 16th, 2014. CPW. Summer the- Blast. Summer Blast. Hell yeah. yes. In the, uh, and uh, this is in Moorfield, West Virginia, which I had spent some time in Moorfield in my younger days. I lived in Moorfield there for a period. Really? Yeah. With Rob Hostile. Oh, Rob. Yeah, I forgot about that. Rob Hostile. Yeah, old old Moorfield. So it's uh, it's back to my old stomping grounds. Uh, but this event is particularly, um, I'm heavily invested in this match, Mike. Um, they have me pegged to wrestle hijinks. And this is a guy that I, I bought his t-shirt. I bought his hats. I was... And you've wrestled him before? No, no the first time. Really? Oh, that's the first match? Because I've seen his name brought up in our previous shows, but I guess he wasn't... Uh... You weren't facing him. No, no. I mean, and I'm a bucket list kind of guy. Whenever I got into the wrestling business, it was weird. Uh, One of my bucket list things was to wrestle all the local guys that I saw. And hijinks, absolutely. Check that box. I had spent money on this man. I was very excited to wrestle hijinks. Okay, so you get to, you're getting to live out your little dream here, basically. Yes. Yes. Now, um, just to kind of touch base here on episode three, we learned at the end of episode three that my grandma had died. Yeah. Now it's, it's only been two months since. Oh, so it's pretty fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fresh. And at this time I am not dealing with it very well. Um, my job at this time is I'm working at uh, federal express, (laughs) Like good old FedEx. Hey man, it's a job. <laughs> and you know, very physical job. It's a warehouse oh, yeah. job. You're on your feet. Yeah. Constantly um, slinging packages. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's multiple different groups to get uh, kind of in touch with at FedEx. There's the pill guys. There's the heavier drug guys. Oh, there's wow. the drinkers. Yeah. There's the potheads. So which group um, did you get to know? Well, we're going to find out a little bit about Travis Dufour on this show. <laughs> no, um, I'm a floater, my friend. I get along with everybody. I'm not in a specific group. Um, but on my free time, I do like to drink. Uh, now, my dad was an alcoholic, so runs in my veins. And he was a serious alcoholic. Um, so this is in my DNA at this time. I am uh, struggling with drinking excessively. Yeah. Now, would you drink before you, you would you drink before matches or this no. would only be after? No. Okay. 
where it kind of became a problem was, you know, August 16th, I wrestled hijinks. This was a huge match for me. Now, the day before, on August 15th, I drank heavily on that night. It was Friday night. I've worked the whole week. Um, I remember having a couple buddies over at uh, over where I was staying, and we just <laughs> I drank a lot. And this is one of the disappointing moments of my career. I wrestled high jinks on August 16th. The match went fine. You can look it up yourself. Travis Dufour versus hijinks. Match was fine. But I didn't want to have a fine match with hijinks. I wanted to have a damn good match with him. And I was so hungover. For you wanted this to match. have a Dave Meltzer five-star match. Oh, oh man. Classic. Yeah. I mean, and, you know. So you wanted to go in having this good match, but you were kind of impaired from the night before then, right? Brother, my head's pounding. I've I've been drinking Gatorade and water all day. I'm having a little bit of trouble eating. So you're trying Uh, to sober up the best you can and get uh, back to normal again. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm 110% sober, but uh, brother, it's just that hangover feeling. You're just, woof. Yeah. Oh, I know. It can be brutal. I wish I could have given a hundred percent for hijinks. And just a couple years after this match, hijinks uh, took a superplex off of a steel cage and uh, shattered his leg. Oh, wow. So he hasn't really wrestled since then. So at least I got to have the match with hijinks before all that happened. <laughs> That's crazy. But let's move on to that next date, Mike. Yeah. So uh, August 23rd, 2014 LTW at Inwood, West Virginia. That's right. Local town wrestling is back in my life. <laughs> and you're wrestling Shovelhead Chuck. That's an interesting name. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Th- this is an absolute highlight of my career. Uh, I get a message over Facebook a couple days before this event. And it is the promoter for LTW. He asks me, would you feel comfortable wrestling a midget? Oh, boy. I said, what (laughs) would I be this real life? Would I be cut? Would I be okay with it? I would be thrilled. (laughs) This is professional wrestling. I, I I will do, I want to do everything. So the second he said, so this was on that bucket list. I mean, no, (laughs) I don't have like some weird bucket list where I'm like, Oh, I want to, I want to wrestle a midget before I'm done. Like it's, it's not, it's not some kind of like weird bucket list. <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. But, uh, but what's special about Shovelhead Chuck is that he did make an appearance on WWE Raw as oh. the uh, midget version of Jim Ross. Oh, I remember that segment, actually. They really so, enjoyed their midget, uh, the, use of, the use of midgets back then. Yeah, yeah. And that was a hell of a segment. Uh, there was a lot of people who remembered him from that spot. But uh, either way, on August 23rd, he finds himself in the ring with me. And you want to know what's really weird about this whole thing? Um, I'm expecting him to call most of the match because I'm assuming as a midget, as a little person, whatever they, well, I'll actually get into what he liked to be called. Um, Wouldn't you think that he would dictate the match? And is that because he has more experience than you? Well, I mean, he's an attraction wrestler pretty much. Yeah, plus he's had more. Think he's got plus a he's been on a bigger stage, you know. There's that. So yeah, I mean that would be the assumption is maybe he'd want to take the lead. 
I mean, if I was a midget wrestler, I would have a couple standard matches in my back pocket, you know, but on this night, uh, from A to Z, I planned the entire match with shot with shovelhead Chuck. And he was just cool with you. You know, you calling the shots. Um, he was very respectful. He asked me standard questions like, how long have you been working? Stuff like that. Cause he wanted to get a feel for me and all that. And I came off very professional and, uh, he was supposed to go over. So I just put together this match that I thought would make him look really good. <laughs> so why was he, I'm just out of curiosity as like a fan, just you know, curious about the booking. Why is, does someone like him need to go over? Why would it be booked that way? Sure. Okay. Like, why wouldn't it be you going over? Well, uh, to LTW's credit, this was the highest attended show that they've ever had in that building. We hit about 250, 300 people on this night. And before this event, we're about 50 people to 100, somewhere in there. So now we find ourselves with a very packed rec center. Uh, Mike, you're going to put the star over who brought that crowd, right? That would be the uh, the guy who was on WWE TV, the Jim Ross character. Here we Mitch go. Hill. Yeah, Shovelhead. He is the absolute reason we drew that night. And the, and that's all the more reason why I just I love Shovelhead Chuck because this was an opportunity for me to take myself away from the rest of the locker room and show the promoter, hey, this Travis Dufour guy that you got in your hands, he could be something special. So, boom, let's have a great match with this midget. <laughs> and what did he – what was the thing? What do they like to be called, by the way? Sure. So, um, <clears throat> I had approached him before the match, and I said, I'm going to get on the microphone. I'd like to get some heat on you. Respectfully, what can I not call you? What can I not call you? I asked him. He said, the only thing I don't want to be called out there is little person. Because oh, he I doesn't am... like that. No. He said, I am not a little person. I am a person. Um, he was like, midget is fine. Wow. Usually the word midget is actually the word they don't want. That, right? That's what I thought. So whenever he gave me the green light, I said, brother, it's on. This promo oh, is on. fire. It's on that Donkey Kong, brothers. So, I mean, well, I mean, cool. in the match, at, at one point in this match with, with uh, Shovelhead Chuck, I got very physical with Chuck. I mean, and hey, and it comes along with being the business, okay? Uh, but he gave it right back. At one point, I had my foot on his throat, and I am screaming, die, midget, die, midget. Jeez, ruthless. I mean, you know, and there's... There's a there's some people in the crowd that are laughing whenever this is happening. I'm sure there's some people like Jesus. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah, very very cool. How is it wrestling? Uh, I won't say little person because that's not what he prefers. But how is it wrestling a midget uh, in this case? Um, how do you change your game, your approach to the match, that type of thing? At this point in my career, I am so open to excelling at whatever you put in front of me. Like I was going to make it work no matter what I had that. I had that attitude. Yeah. Now I do have a quote from Facebook, Mike, if you'd like to read this in your Conrad voice, if we could get another rendition of Conrad for episode four, Oh, Con Conrad, Con the Conradison right here at uh, the Travis D four show. 
Come on, Actually, I'm, I'm going to give you a Travis, my best Travis Dufour impression. It's not going to be very good. If you missed LTW tonight, you missed a spectacle. Travis Dufour wrestled a midget. Oh my God, I've never laughed that hard ever. Sure, I lost. Sure, I lost, but I punched a dwarf square in the face, like hard. And you know what? I don't even feel bad about it. <laughs> if you want to step in my world, be mentally prepared to get punched in the face hard. LOL, LOL, LOL. I love my life. This is another one for the books. And that was your uh, take on me. <laughs> I think there was some macho man and several other people like Mr. T thrown in there as well. So I don't know. I don't know what that was. But that, that was my professional wrestler. That was just generic professional wrestler one. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Well, no, if, if, if anybody's played the uh, Borderlands series, that sounds just like Torque. Torque? Yeah, he, he, but he is a Hulk Hogan ripoff. So, oh, well, that's pretty much kind of what I was doing in a way. But either way, brother, I'm on another uh, level hyped. I just, in my opinion, had a great match with a midget. Uh, this match, I will go out of my way to, because it's available on Facebook, but uh, I will go out of my way to uh, rip it and put it on YouTube if anybody wants to see Travis Dufour versus Shovelhead Chuck. How was the crowd for this match? The crowd is <laughs> watch the match for yourself, people. But I uh, I don't want to toot my own horn, but they they we had them, we had them the entire match. And is this pick one related to this match? Yes, yep, it there is. it is. is. There we go. Head Chuck, here we go. Wow. Face to, well, all, uh, you nah, are I'm not going to say double his face. size. Yeah, it was definitely made more like face to groin. Face, yeah. <laughs> face to belly button. And ladies and gentlemen at home, if you didn't know, I am standing at six foot five. You are a pretty tall dude. And this guy is probably what? Four foot something, three foot something. He looks about half my size. Yeah. 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 Height. So you are towering over him. And clearly you're, you're, you're bragging and putting your hands up in the air, trying to show him up. Trying to do a test of strength, but he couldn't reach it, brother. What's interesting is I remember that Jim Ross segment on WWE TV with him him impersonating Ross, but I do not remember him looking like that at all. Oh, yeah. He had a wig on. Uh, yeah. He looked completely different. But, oh, sorry. Did you try to do it at the I, same I time? Did. I did. Yeah, I did. I did. That's funny. Uh, moving on. It says in the script, pick two. I'll just let you do it, brother. So we're <laughs> so here's a picture of uh Starlight Gaze. Are these the Stargaze tag team that I've heard about? The yeah, Stargaze? and uh, there's, there's a child hanging hanging on my neck. That was a reference to uh for those who are just listening this week. It was a reference last week. I kind of butchered their tag team, called them Stargaze instead of Starlight Gaze. So that was my bad. Yeah, <laughs> that was your bad. But uh, so what what was going on in that photo with uh, your, your tag partner? And, you know, now that I'm looking over the script, I have no clue why that's in there. But, <laughs> Just uh, in there for fun. I, I really don't know. Bonus pick. Bonus. But uh, we are going to introduce our first video clip of the show, which is a, a good audio clip as well for the people who listen to the podcast. This is essentially a podcast at the end of the day. No, oh, yeah. Um, but uh, since we were just talking about LTW, um, LTW 
was kind of infamous for uh, not paying guys. I'm, I'm okay. And I want to make this very clear that the promoter for LTW and the promoter's wife uh, treated me great. Okay. I got a lot of great experience, but did you get paid? I did. Oh, wow. Okay. Good. I did. Yes. Now my manager, um, off and on, uh, Mike skills who re- not recently, but just a couple years ago, passed away. He managed oh, a lot of my matches. Yeah. That's crazy. I never I even knew you had a manager, Mike skills. I mean, uh, last episode we talked about tuna for sushi, Kevin Calloway. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, but uh, Mike Skills was great. Uh, he tried to be a professional wrestler. He had his first match against me, um, but it just wasn't in the cards for him. He turned into a great, like Bobby Heenan, like uh, Captain Lou, like a great manager. Mike Skills was, but. There was an incident where Steve, uh, the promoter for LTW, Steve Balsley, uh, didn't pay Mike. And he told Mike to his face. He was like, I don't pay managers, period. <laughs> Which that's kind of messed up. He doesn't pay the referees either. Um, but uh, he just viewed it as I'm going to pay the actual talent that's risking their well-being. No, I get that. And you definitely want to make sure your talent's paid. But don't you want to pay everybody that's working for you what's the incentive for these guys to come to the show and work as a referee mm-hmm. as a the next episode we will learn that i promoted a, a, a promotion and i paid my managers my referees i paid that's everybody good. that's good man everybody but uh steve balsley he was never a worker um he uh had children whenever uh, that were really into wrestling so he wanted to be like the cool dad and he opened up his own wrestling promotion not really knowing anybody, but he had a, a lot of a lot of money, but enough money to run a professional wrestling league. And he had booked guys like Kevin Nash over the years. He had spent some money to bring in a big stars for his, you know, his kids to yeah. enjoy. Um, but 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 either way, uh, the first video clip that we have for the Travis Dufour show, which you can watch this on twitch.tv slash the Dufour brand for people who are listening to the podcast. Uh, this first clip is Joey Landis, who you will remember from a couple episodes ago. He was a backyard wrestler um, growing up with me, uh, turned pro. Um, but he is in this video clip uh, clip shooting on LTW and uh, Steve Balsley. It has something to do with uh, the pay. So we'll go ahead and air that clip now. Roll it. Hey, Landis. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't getting paid. <laughs> What's getting? He ain't getting paid. He ain't getting paid. I mean, Steve <laughs> walked right up to Landis and said, don't got nothing for you. So You ain't getting paid, brother. Go home. And that's when um, I would be like, you know what? Fuck you. We're throwing down right now. No, there, hey, there was a lot of guys who who really did some pushback on Steve, but Steve just never used them again, and it eventually turned into a company where there was a lot of guys that weren't getting paid, and a handful of guys like myself were getting paid. Well, at least you were getting yours, brother. I was getting fat checks, one hundred and fifty dollars every event. What is seriously one hundred fifty bucks for the event? 
I'm just kidding. It was 10. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to be thoroughly impressed. I'm like, that's pretty good for an independent wrestler. Yeah, kind of just wanted to throw you through a loop there. Hey, I'm curious, though. What is your the, the biggest amount you've ever been paid oh, for a single event? Do a we? Okay. Match? I mean, the my fans want to know. My wrestling career is practically over. Uh, so, and, and we actually will learn that a little bit later in this very episode. Um, the biggest payday I ever got was $175. Wow. That's a decent payday. Yeah. How, 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 how cool did that feel? Cash? I imagine cash. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Probably felt yeah. pretty good. That was for one of the stadium shows that I did, which oh. will also be covered in this episode. Well, then let's wait till then to talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, cool, cool little sidebar there. Um, but on November, well, actually, I'm not going to go to November 8th just yet. I got another I do, picture. Yeah, we have a little bit of a story time to go through now. So what's going on here? Now, that's a trash can. <laughs> Certainly looks like a trash can. And what's inside the trash can are... Some lube? No, uh, sorry. No, 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 no. I thought that was something. No, it's not. That was <laughs> no, no, it's that not. Was that's, a can. Jelly. that's an energy drink can. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, what are you using for lube? Okay, oh, no, nothing, no. nothing. Yeah, it's, a, it's no. not important. Um, either way, those either way. are flyers for a local independent wrestling show. Oh, flyers, which are why are they in the trash? I put them there. Why? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, as we covered earlier, I'm working at FedEx. Well, there's a, a woman also working at FedEx, and she recognizes me. Um, from I guess she goes to shows. And I'm walking through the warehouse one day and she goes, Hey, I know you. And I look at her and I say, no, you don't. And I keep walking. Cause I don't talk to strangers, Mike. It's your policy. Yeah. I said, no, you don't. I kept walking. Well, we, I ended up striking a friendship with this lady. Uh, and I guess she was doing some kind of marketing for primal conflict wrestling. Um, and this is a company that, uh, some of the workers on the for the promotion was putting me over to the promoter. Hey, you should use Travis Dufour. Why isn't Travis Dufour shown up here? He's blowing up everywhere. Why haven't you used Travis Dufour? And uh, the promoter, Tyler Steele, uh, never thought I had what it took and <laughs> never wanted to book me for one of his cards, even wow. though I have wrestled for Primal Conflict Wrestling before. So he just thought you were some useless son of a bitch. It wouldn't give you that contract so that you can have a single tier. Rolling I don't really understand what his problem was, uh, but but then whenever this girl walked up to him and was like, "Hey, I know Travis Dufour. Um, he works where I work." Uh, he specifically said, "Hey, give these flyers to him, so he comes and pays for a ticket to watch my show." What? Why would you do that? Why would you? He yeah, kiss my ass. I literally took his flyers, threw them in this the trash This guy wanted can. you to kiss his ass for a spot no. on the card, or what? No, no, no I, mean, I don't know. I really, I've never even had a conversation with Tyler Steele. Never. But I take his flyers that were hand-delivered to me, threw them in the trash can, took a picture, posted it on Facebook, and uh, off we are Off we are to the races. Um, he's He's pissed. Oh, he saw it? 
Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's I'm brother, I'm wrestling everywhere. Like I'm I'm pretty I'm in hot demand at this time. Uh there was all kinds of fans sending him messages saying, Hey, Travis DuForce posted a picture of your fucking flyers in the trash can. That's disrespectful. So Tyler sends me a message on Facebook. <laughs> He's pissed. He says, you know, if uh if you're serious behind your statement there, you'll meet me. I'm oh, like, meet oh, you I'll, I'll for, meet for a you. cup of, for a cup of coffee. Tyler, you want to go to Starbucks? He, he wants to go to some Starbucks and get you a scone. The It'd Starbucks nice. and the target. You want to meet me at target? Do you hmm. No, He, uh, it's, it's, it's getting heated. He's like, listen, meet me today. And he messaged me on a Saturday. I'm in a vehicle on the way to a wrestling event that I am booked on. He's like every other weekend, brother. Not every, at this point. It's every weekend. Oh, of course. No, I got, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I every meant. other weekend. You piece of shit. Well, whatever. But anyway, he says, meet me uh, at the local uh, movie theater and <laughs> to, to have a man to man talk about. So it. now he, he wants to take you out to the movies. He wants to fight me. He wants to throw hands with Travis Dufour at the local movie theater. And I said, I sent him a message. I said, I hate to break it to you, but I am on my way to a wrestling event. <laughs> because I'm booked, brother. Yeah, I'm always booked. I said, very busy, Tyler. You, I'll have to catch you at another time. That was the last time I ever talked to him, and that's the only time I've talked to him. Who schedules a fight for a movie theater? Fuck him. He was having guys uh, sign a contract that they couldn't wrestle in a 50 mile radius to other leagues if you wrestle for his promotion. Well, this guy thought his shit didn't stink. Well, I want to know the marks who were signing that contract. That's ridiculous on such a small local level. Because they were probably getting the guys there probably getting paid what? Nothing pretty much. So why would you ever sign that? Yeah. You have any questions about that story? You want to move on to November 8th? We'll move on, but I will say fuck you to that guy. Yeah, he can kiss our whole asses, me oh, and like the whole thing. Tyler Steele. There you go. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Tyler, at a movie theater parking lot. By the way, Promo Conflict Wrestling is closed. Tyler Steele is no longer in the business. Oh, that's a damn shame. Yeah, it's too bad. But on November 8th, 2014, Phoenix Pro Wrestling in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. I defeat Tyler Caton to regain my chalice. Cause as we learned in the last it. episode, yeah, I, I ended up losing the chalice to him. And now you got it back. Was that always the, the plan or was this just uh, another evolution in the story? Uh, the, well, the reason why I lost the chalice to him is because I was going to move to Hollywood with you at that same time. Well, that really was the reason. Yeah, but the plans with you fell through, but and but I was moving to uh, another city with a girl, but then that fell through. It's always well, a girl. Hey, once everything fell through, I am back. I'm focused on my local areas, and the promoter for Phoenix Pro Wrestling was very relieved that I wasn't actually leaving because he was trying because he had already had plans for me to uh, win the grand championship at Phoenix Pro Wrestling. Then I tell him I'm leaving. But now I'm, I'm not. So on this night, I defeat Tyler to put me back on the path to the grand championship. And is this a uh, a photo from that match? Yes, this is a lion salt. 
on that. How many times did you botch this one before you got it right? (laughs) 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 No, no. Uh, that was actually a hope spot. I didn't land it on him. Uh, he rolled out of the way. That was a planned uh, missed lion salt. <laughs> that was a planned missed lion salt. But the for, yeah, the one, did. the one in a match a couple episodes ago, the when we talked about that, the bot, the one that landed on Botchmania, that was not planned. No. No. Why would I, just, I plan I to botch it? Up, I just wanted to bring up Botchmania again. Come on, Mike. Why for would the people, I plan it? For the people who didn't didn't uh, listen to that episode just yet that is a little that now if you can kind of tell on that picture uh it is a little crooked the picture's crooked and it, well yeah oh you mean you're crooked in there yeah don't i look a little crooked there yeah yeah it's not it doesn't look like the smoothest lion salt i don't think jericho would be would be impressed well i mean am i insulting you right now i feel like i'm insulting no, uh, it's just it just reminded me. I had a Twitter uh, exchange with Chris Jericho whenever I told him, uh, "Oh fuck, what did I say?" I said that his latest song from his his album, uh, the one with Judas. I said it wasn't that good, and uh, he didn't like that. Like, and he replied to my tweet. And, he and did he, reply to you. He did. He's like, "You're I, such a mark." Yeah, like I got that notification. Chris Jericho responded. Like, I have no followers. Chris Jericho retweeted your response. And I'm like, what the fuck. He's like, brother, he's like, how about trying to get the lion salt right before you come and attack my music? <laughs> but on uh, November 30th, for some reason, um, I deactivate my Facebook. Did you announce it first, though? Did you post a post saying that you were leaving Facebook? That's my favorite thing is when people go online and they're just like, Facebook, I would like to announce that I am leaving Facebook. <laughs> I had made a fan page. For Travis Dufour. Oh, so is that what went dark? Yeah. And uh, I had announced that, hey, like the page. You only have so many days to like the page because in so many days I will be deactivating my Facebook. And on November 30th, I am off Facebook. So there is a big uh, section of time where I actually don't have um, anything to look back on for the show. I don't know what matches I had during this time. So you had a whole bunch of shit happen. Oh, my God. But you have no memory. I wrestled on WWE Sunday Night Heat at this time. Dude, really? Against, and it's against D'Lo Night Brown? Heat in 2015. Against D'Lo Brown? Yeah, I was in the... Yeah. <laughs> he did the head shake for the viewers. I did. I wish the podcast people could, could have seen that. <laughs> That's one reason to watch twitch.tv slash the DeFore brand live every Friday. You get to see stuff that you don't get to hear. That's right. 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and pick things back up. April 10th. Where am I, Mike? April 10th, 2015. You are at uh, Inwood, West Virginia, again, working for LTW. And this time you're tag teaming with Simon Shadows. And that's uh, that's Shane's son, right? Correct. Man, I'm getting good at this. I'm getting good at this whole, this whole uh, lineage thing. Dude, you're going to be an expert on my career. You can use that wherever you want to. I can, yeah, you know, I can take that anywhere I go. But uh, this is a special uh, event, man, because uh, Travis Dufour and Simon Shadows teaming up for the first time, and we end up 
actually, I'm sorry. Before this event in March, at some point, we had a match with uh, this team, the estate, Chris Morgan and Draconis for the LTW tag titles where uh, we lost, but it was a dusty finish where we had a 10 minute time limit and we ended up beating them, but it, it was after the time limit had had drawn so the referee had to the ring announcer had to make an announcement and say oh uh travis dufour and simon shadows aren't the tag champions time limit expired still tag champions the estate and that was a big moment for the crowd uh they popped big time whenever me and simon won uh but then shortly after the announcements made it's all booze. The estate is still the tag champions. We fast forward to April. Uh, I'm sorry, April 10th. Uh, and on this night, one month after that event happened, Travis Dufour and Simon shadows clean beats the estate for the LTW tag titles. Clean. So you're the tag champs again, but yeah. this, this, this is your first time holding these particular tag titles though, right? Yes, the one and only time Steve, the owner of LTW, is very happy with uh, my work at this point and straps me up with the tag titles. It's got to feel good, right? I've asked you that before, but you, you've said, oh, wrestling, the titles are just a prop and all that. And I get it. I get it. But at the end of the day, it is a sign of confidence in the company putting the belt on you. Saying, yeah. Hey, and we think you can carry this. The main thing that I liked about it, though, if we're being honest, is uh, teaming with Simon Shadows. Um, me and Simon are best friends at, at this point. We've done, uh, I beat him for the CPW uh, Junior Heavyweight title. We have a lot of history, me and Simon. So for us to collaborate, and we're the baby faces at this time as well. So I don't get to work baby face very often. And, it, and you know, and Simon ended up helping me get over. And did it work? Did the crowd accept you as a babyface? Crowd loved it. See, they saw me wrestle uh, the you know the midget shovelhead Chuck, and those matches were essentially at the core comedy matches. And they ended up finding out that Travis DeFore was pretty likable out of those comedy matches. So now I'm a full fledged babyface at this point, teaming with Simon Shadows. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Did the estate have any issue with putting you guys over? Any issues uh, with that? Any drama? Not at all. Uh, Chris Morgan and Jaconis, they were finding themselves uh, wrestling. I don't want to. I don't want to paint them in a bad light. I think that they're both very, very good wrestlers, uh, but they weren't wrestling for very reputable promotions. So, you know, and that's kind of like a guilty by association thing. So if they have a reputation, a you'd say? Say say it again. They have like a, a negative reputation because of the places they've worked? No, but if you pull up uh, promotions that mainly book untrained guys or guys that aren't finely tuned, um, you know, if you're showing up at those places and wrestling on cards like that, it doesn't matter how good you personally are. You will be painted with that, you know, as yeah. kind of being the guy who wrestles on the outlaw mud shows. Yeah. Makes sense. Which you would never be found on these days. Oh my God. I, I named my promotion outlaw wrestling. <laughs> so that answers so, your question there. 
So this is the very next day. You're wrestling again the very next day, April 11th. Yeah. Just, just right? Yeah, about so, an so hour. The, the very next day after winning these titles, you're you're wrestling in a singles match. Well, it's a triple threat. But oh, anyway. triple threat, triple threat. Yeah. But yeah, the very Wait, next day. Wait, why are I'm you going... wrestling? Yeah, I see here in the notes. It's, I'm just reading this for the first time, folks, for you at home. You are wrestling your tag team partner. Yeah, he's one. He's one of the guys. What's going on? What's Different going on promotion. in this situation? Different hey. promotion. Yeah, SWA. I, so the storylines don't necessarily cross over. Correct. Between yeah. promotions. Okay. And this promotion, it is about an hour down the street, and that is something. I'm glad that you mentioned that. There's a lot of wrestlers out there who <laughs> they'll go an hour down the street, but they are politicking hard. They can't look bad. They can't lose. Uh, if they do lose, it's got to be shady circumstances because just an hour down the road, they're king shit. They're the heavyweight champion. They're doing this <laughs> and that. What what I mean, what is it with that though? At the end of the day, it's all work. It's all, you know, winning and losing doesn't matter. Right? You agree with that? Bush league. That is some Bush League baby shit. Yeah. Uh yes. Could couldn't agree more with that sentiment. Um, whenever I go to an event, <laughs> brother, what is the story? How am I getting over? How are you getting over? What is the small details to the match? I don't give a fuck what I'm doing an hour down the street. Yeah. You know, uh, but moving on, moving on, uh, on this night, I do defeat Simon shadows and Sean Stevens. Uh, but, and we will go to pick five. That is. Whoa, look um, at those man boobs behind you. Jesus, that's where my eyes went immediately. Wow, Mike. That's, that my, that's my manager who passed away, Mike. Yeah. Uh, hey, my Mike. eyes will gravitate to the titties every single that's, time. That's Mike Skills, the guy who we were just talking about. Wow, Mike. <clears throat> I'm uh, my apologies. <clears throat> my apologies. <laughs> First of all, I'm I'm saying I'm not saying anything negative. No, 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 you're not. Uh and he, I he guess would have found that him. money anyway. I guess I kind of am. <laughs> Not really. No, he, he, hey, he, that was a part of his gimmick. You know, he, he knew he was a bigger guy. Come out in the Hawaiian shirt with, with it all open, have your chest out and all he that. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a total heat seeker. He, yeah, he knew what he was doing. But on April 23rd, 2015, I do announce a leave no. from wrestling. No. Wow. Yeah. What's going on here? Well, uh, on Facebook, I posted that I had an, a, a back injury of some kind. Now, I'm not going, I'm going to totally shoot right now. My back, of course, I had some wear and tear. I wouldn't have minded having a couple months off at this point. Um, could I have physically continued? 100%. I totally could have. And you what are was... the LTW tag team champions. Correct. Yeah. Right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, currently holding the belt. Um, but at this time, I I have met somebody, a woman. Dude, it's always a woman. Uh, it's so always stupid. a woman. Stupid. Stupid. I decide in my real life that I need a job that is uh, going to pay me more than FedEx. And I leave there and I start working at a casino. <laughs> <laughs> it's more money. That's the slot that's the photo that you showed me earlier, right? Yeah, that's the photo that I showed you. <laughs> um, 
do we have that available for the show? Yes, we do. Yeah, let's go ahead and show that. I am working at uh, the Slot Hollywood... City. Yeah, I'm, I'm working at the Hollywood Casino in Charlestown, West Virginia. And the the story behind the picture here, uh, this gentleman, this Indian gentleman, uh, he recognized me from YouTube. He's a wrestling fan. He is. And he was in the area. I guess he was spending a little bit of time on the East Coast in his travels. He's from India. And uh, he was searching like Pennsylvania pro wrestling, West Virginia pro wrestling. He was just Googling these terms and YouTubing things. And he recognized me. <laughs> hmm. So I have a picture with him. <laughs> What's that like getting recognized in public like that? You just doing your own thing, minding your own business, and then someone recognizes this, you. This one really caught me off guard. He added me on Facebook and everything, which is why I have the picture. <laughs> oh, because he posted it and then added you. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you see how I'm shaking his hand? Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's a awkward handshake to say. He's doing. He's giving me the Donald Trump limp wrist handshake. Hmm. Very odd. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but with my announcement from leaving pro wrestling, I'm lining up uh, dates, my uh, farewell tour, if you will. And was this meant to be a serious farewell tour? Like you were taking it serious or is this just something to generate some buzz? Uh, what do you, uh, well, I didn't know how long I was leaving. I knew that since I got the job at the casino, it was a full-time job and I'd be working the weekends. So, so you thought the wrestling was going to be done for at least a while. Yes. I wanted to see what was going to happen at the casino. If I could change my schedule eventually. But at this point, I want to make more money. And so I'm kind of putting a halt on my wrestling. And, and plus, and we said earlier, Drinking was a problem for me at this time. Yeah. So were you spending a lot of money on drinking then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, May 20th. So let's see here. April 23rd, 2015. I'm announcing that I'm leaving wrestling at this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not just drinking to be social. Uh, I actually, to put into perspective, if I go over to your house, Mike, you've invited me over and you say, hey, brother. um. If you want something to drink, I have a beer in the fridge. If I go to your fridge and if I see that there's one or two or two beers, I'm not going to drink them. There needs to be multiple a fridge full of beer if I am going to drink. Because um, <laughs> you want to know that you can actually get drunk, not just have a beer or two. No, I'm not drinking that shit for the taste. I'm drinking to get lit. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Now, was anyone trying to intervene? I don't want, I don't, if I'm getting ahead, you can let me know. But was anyone at some point trying to intervene or say, hey, man, I think you might be overdoing it? Anything like that at this point? No, no. It's kind of a situation where, you know, there's other people drinking at these things too. Uh, my best friends are kind of keeping an eye on me, uh, but it's not to a point where, I don't know. Like, I'm not like drunk driving or anything like that. It's not to well, that good. point. Because I definitely made some mistakes with drunk driving back in the day. Did that's you? A, that's a story for another podcast. Actually, we do have an episode on alcoholism at some point. So 
we do here in a couple of weeks, we will be tackling that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that that is known. So my first stop on my temporary leave from wrestling uh, journey is May 1st, 2015. Phoenix Pro Wrestling in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Mike, I am in my first ever Grand Championship title match. Grand Championship. Yes, this is the Is that like the title. World Championship? Yes. So you're wrestling for the big title in your farewell farewell tour. Well, um, since I know that I'm leaving, I just beat Tyler for the chalice. I have the chalice. Uh Originally, remind us what does the chalice get you again? What does that do for you? It's kind of like money in the bank. Once you win the chase of the chalice, you can cash it in for a title match, but it doesn't have to be for the grand championship, it can be for the legacy or the tag titles. Okay, but there a match originally is Robbie Page versus Jacob Young versus uh Tyler Caton. At this time, Robbie Page is the Phoenix Pro Wrestling Grand Champion. Uh, I cash in earlier in the night in this big promo and I am interjected into that match. So you weren't originally supposed to be in it then? No, but I'm cashing in the chalice, putting myself into the match. Cool. And I lose. <laughs> but Tyler Caden is now the uh, Phoenix Pro Wrestling Grand Champion. Your tag buddy. Yeah, and uh, this is pretty much the end of our feud. He gets the ride off in the sunset. He's the grand champion. He's the guy everybody's talking about. Does that photo go with this then? No, that is from my return. Oh, that's from your return, my bad. But uh, but moving on, I'm, there's really not much to say about this match. Uh, what's really cool is that Robbie Page, Jacob Young, Travis Dufour, Tyler Caton, all four of these guys being in the match. This is the original group that started training together at the rec center. Uh, Robbie took pretty much us three under his wings first. Yeah. So it was like a full circle match. It was cool. So what happened next? Moving on, uh, my next date on my farewell tour is May 16th, 2015. Uh, pro wrestling showcase. Now, just to put a little bow on the last story, I thought that that pro that that Phoenix pro wrestling grand championship title match, I thought that was going to be my last match. I got my schedule from the casino. I could fit one more date in. So May oh. 16th, uh, two weeks later after that show, I get a hold of pro wrestling showcase. They're having a match in uh, a show in Martinsburg, West Virginia, which is where I grew up. I have my mom, sister, brother, all come out to watch this match. They book me against Detective David Hetfield. Now, was he a known guy or uh, what was his situation? He's in his first, I think, two years in wrestling. But he's so was, that, was that a pretty big deal, having your, your family out there to watch that match and support you and support your dream and all that? You know, this is your farewell tour. Yeah, I mean, my mom, my brother, and my sister really, at this point, had never really been to a match. Like, yeah, here and there, but nothing real notable. And was that uh, on purpose? What was the uh, reason for that? Was they just, you know, busy and work schedules and that kind of thing? Or um, why do you think that never happened too often? 
I have never had the support of my family for wrestling. They will say things to my face, you know, Oh, that's great. That's great. What are you doing next? Oh yeah. How's it going? Uh, but they're not saying, can, Oh, can I get tickets? Can I, can I go? <laughs> so did they not like take it seriously? Maybe they were just hoping that it was a phase at one point, but it never was a phase. It just continued on. Or, or what would you say? I think they paid no mind. I think they were wrapped up in their own lives. I think that they just, to, to be frank, they just didn't care. Yeah. Well, that's sad. Hey, no skin off my nose, brother. Th this is my dream. Yeah. It's not theirs. Plus, I mean, I mean, we'll find out in a couple uh, episodes here on the Travis two four show as well that, uh, I had an interesting childhood growing up. I was kind of alone most of my life anyway. With, yeah. So, but well, but you were literally booking this farewell tour on the fly. So like you said that, oh, you got your work schedule at the casino and you had some room for like another, another date or two. So basically this farewell tour is just being booked on the fly as you can. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, wrestling as much as you can before it's over essentially. Yes. Yes. And uh, Pro Wrestling Showcase, they kind of really jump at the bit to have one of my farewell matches there because they know that, you know, it's probably going to affect the draw, which it did. Um, and so I defeat Detective David Hetfield. But that's not the end. The casino tells me once again, I could probably fit in the, the, the next weekend. So give us that date, Mike. May 23rd. 2015 IWF Martinsburg, West Virginia at rumble at the pub. And uh, you're in a tournament. Well, this is kind of like the Royal rumble rumble. Okay. Which yeah. makes sense. It's called rumble at the pub. Come on, brother. Put the pieces together, Mike. I'm sorry, man. I just can't keep up. <laughs> you're too fast for me. <laughs> this is actually the uh, third annual rumble at the pub. And I placed second. Second place is good. Although well, Ricky be. Bobby would say, if you're not first, you're last. Yeah. Well, I got heat for doing this event. <laughs> Why'd you get, why? What happened? Uh, the previous uh, promotion pro wrestling showcase on May 16th. I, I made it very clear to them that that was my last match. before oh. I go. And then they just like, Hey, that was supposed to be your farewell match. What the fuck? They thought I double crossed them. You lying son of a bitch. I have uh, a lot of, history with the promoter for pro wrestling showcase we go way back to whenever i was trey blaylock um and he thought that it was kind of like a double cross because the promoter for the next promotion is robbie page my best friend yeah um so yeah you know double cross pws get on that show uh fuck them and then and then have the actual fair and well match you know what your gimmick should be for till the end of time is it should be like you're booking your farewell match, but every time there's always another farewell match. Like it's never actually the farewell. I've always wanted to have a gimmick. It's it's similar to that uh, where you, for some reason your match gets canceled every single time you're on the flyer. It, you're, you're, you're there. It's Travis do four versus this guy, but on your way to the ring, you trip on the steps and hurt your ankle match yeah. gets canceled. Uh, you make your way to the ring. Your opponent doesn't show up. Ma match gets canceled. Just there's something that happens every single it's a string of bad luck. Yeah. But then have the big payoff be an actual match. But anyway, 
Now we're spitballing ideas, Mike. We're booking. We're armchair booking. But uh, yeah, that is it. May 23rd, 2015. I am done for the time being. So what are you doing during this time? You're just working, working at the casino. Literally just working. I'm also having uh, Johnny Depp-like fights with my partner at this time as well. Your uh, partner, um, romantic I, partner, you mean? Or? Yeah, the, the this girl that I left wrestling for to get a better job, higher paying job, so I could pay her bills. Damn, she was she was pooping in your side of the on your side of the bed. She wasn't. It, not, it never went that far, but uh, she she did throw hands. Oh shit! At so me. Did you punch her right in the face right back? I hope you did. No, no, Damn. I did not. I called Damn. the police like a. Like, like you're supposed to do, but, uh, <laughs> I'm getting my ass kicked, but by end of summer, this, uh, really relationship has ended. Yeah. And now so, while you're at the casino, you thinking about wrestling every day? Like, are you thinking about when am I getting back? Or is at this point? No, you're not thinking that. Like, Well, as the relationship is souring with every month that goes by, I'm watch. I'm on Facebook. I'm watching all these events happening and I'm missing all. So of did this one of the stipulations of this relationship? Did she not like the wrestling? She wanted, uh, you, she wanted you to have a job and not wrestle or what? She liked wrestling a lot. She liked that. I liked to wrestle, um, but she also was a bipolar insane psychotic troubled person hmm. and i fucking found myself completely interwoven with that it uh took uh, some of the some of the worst days of my life uh Jesus. but yeah <laughs> but but moving on it all ends by the end of the summer august 27th we have a the first uh glimpse of, of a return there's a facebook post go ahead mike yeah and so this is what you wrote starlight gaze returns september 11th a video message to non grata in the coming weeks to come hashtag gaze and that's g-a-z-e by the way hey brother from out of nowhere yeah yeah from out of nowhere september 11th the, no name of a promotion no no nothing just there you go. Did you already have a booking then, though, to say that? I did. I was in touch with Phoenix Pro. I let them know that uh, my bidding at the casino for um, a new shift had opened up, and they gave it to me. I would now be working at the casino uh, from Mondays to Thursdays. Nice. So you're not leaving the job. You just got a new schedule, and uh, that opened up some time for wrestling. Bada bing, bada boom, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It is now open. I am training. I am uh, training at Gold's Gym at this time. I am getting ready to return. Do you think this time off hurts you in any way from a physical standpoint? Like uh, your stamina, your, did you develop any ring rust during this time, in your opinion? Great question. I really don't think so um i was at a stage so so let's think about it 2015 i've been wrestling for nine years at this point i just got done having a pretty good string of years um i am more hungry than ever like whenever i'm at the casino uh i'm at each location for one hour at a time and 
I've in, in an eight hour span, I'm in eight different locations, one hour at a time. Uh, I need to pass the time at this job. I am constructing entire matches in my head and watching them play out using my imagination <laughs> at this. So the passion board. definitely has not got, got gone away. Yeah, ju to just give some insight, I was a security officer checking IDs. Okay, a lot, lot of downtime. Yeah. <laughs> so, can't stop thinking about wrestling. But so let's go ahead and talk about September 11th. Yeah, September 11th, 2015, at uh, out, out, at Luna, PA, at Luna. Is that what it's called? Altoona. 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 Wow. Yeah, Al I've heard. I've heard of it, but never been, never been there. No, you should go. That's the uh, home of Sheets. Oh, is it really? It's the capital of I Sheets. Yeah, sheets. they have their headquarters. I love Sheets. Oh, do anyway, you, you, you know, I do. Real, real, real quick. You have a Sheets in Ohio? We have, yeah, lots of Sheets in Ohio. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, go oh, on. I like the mac and cheese bites and all that shit. Oh. Very good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Good, good shit. Anyway, Travis Dufour, he's making his return to Phoenix Pro Wrestling and uh, in a tag team match. Um, with Starlight Gaze defeating Non Grata, so was this a title match or just a uh, just a return match? What was this about? At this time, uh, Randall Fairway and ISP are kind of uh, they're in a feud with Tyler Caden. Uh, they've uh, been poking the bear, poking the bear, and they have been a tag team since they've came to Phoenix Pro Wrestling. Now Tyler needs a partner. And he's and, been wrestling while you were gone. Yes. And the last time that they saw me uh, was the end of me and Tyler's feud. Tyler ended up winning the grand championship. He rode off in the sunset. He's still been up there defending the belt. I've been gone. Now is the time for him to find a partner. And the big surprise partner return is Travis Dufour. We come out. And that is a picture from that night. You can see chops, chop marks from my chest from ISP. We have a, a pretty, pretty good match with Randall Fairway and ISP. Did you lose any muscle mass during your time off or were you still working out? Or was that even a thing that you were doing was working out or. I really wasn't working out. I, I, I think that about July or so I'm, I'm getting back into the gym. This match is September 11th. I'm I. My diet is really good at this time, though. Uh, so as you can see from the picture, I still have a little bit of weight on me. I'm about 182 pounds in that picture. Yeah. So how 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 was your tag team partner? Was he happy to have you back? Uh, ecstatic. Tyler and I have always loved working with each other. That's good. So he was all about it. Uh, but it, it's during this time that we're putting together the story. Uh, we know that, yes, Starlight Gaze is together. They just took on Non Grata. Uh, but the end goal is have me be a heel at the very end of this. And I'm going to turn on Tyler again. But we uh, will get to that. <laughs> so we have a. Uh... We have this other pick here. Do you want to talk about this and how this fits in? Yes, that is a perfect illustration of how over Tyler is at this point. Uh, Tyler Caton is the grand champion at this time. And the child in this picture, 
dressed head to toe, just like Tyler Caden. And this is just a fan. Yeah. He's like seven or eight years old. That must feel really good to have uh, people, you know, who are that big of fans showing their support like that. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And uh, the kid in that picture, I believe his name is Devin. Um, he was wearing a helmet there because he, there's something uh, going on with him. Uh, he has some kind of a physical something going on with him. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, in this whole list of stuff that we have related to your return, we also have a video to show as well. Very cool. Yeah, let's see the video. Uh, okay, this um, before you, we you had a drive through, right? Yeah, before we talk about the video, uh, it is announced at November twenty eighth, two thousand fifteen, uh, th that Starlight Gaze is going to take on Non Grata to settle the scores in a cage match, and it'll be my first cage match. So, was this exciting for you, being? Uh getting a chance to be in a cage match brother i mean bucket list let's do it all i've wrestled yeah. a midget not long ago <laughs> now there's a cage being presented to me <laughs> now is this one of those cage matches where you had to escape to win or could you pin and uh you had a you could pin or submit as well old school rules gotta escape to win nice but uh this promo is in uh this it's a promo for the match i am if you'd like to see the whole video, it is Travis Dufour searches for non grata. But this is a clip from it. I made a drive through for at McDonald's. And for some reason, Mike, I think that Randall Fairway and ISP are at this McDonald's. Taking your order, huh? Let's take a look. How am I supposed to get to Randall Fairway and ISP if you guys are closed? I know, this is McDonald's, I know you're here. Is this the only, there's two, there's two spots, okay, I'm going to see Thank if Thank you for choosing Springfield McDonald's, how may I help you? Yeah, can I get a Randall Fairway and ISP? A what? A uh, Fairway and ISP, non grata. Say that again, please. It's, um, it's, uh, like a, a guy who puts tape on his feet. What? I, they, they're not here, are they? What's that? <laughs> Say it one more time. No, I'm just looking because November 28th, we're supposed to. It's me. It's me and Tyler Caton versus ISP and and uh, and this guy, and he's here today because he's he's always at McDonald's. So, sir, are you playing? No. I don't know what you're saying. All right. Have a nice day. <laughs> You too. Sir, are you playing? No. <laughs> I don't I, understand you. I can't understand you. Oh, man. We had so much fun. I had just met my fiance around that time, and me and her just got in the car, turned on the camera, and just drove around. Uh, if you watch the whole video uh, in your own time, you'll see that we – we went to Dunkin' Donuts. We went to all kinds of places. Uh, that was a really fun promo to shoot. So, uh, were these guys supposed to be working there, or that was part of the fun? Part of the fun of it that they. It was a weight joke. I was. Oh, I gotcha. 
Yeah. Wow. And, what a well, fucking I, asshole. Well, I was at Dunkin' Donuts earlier, and I was like, oh, I just left Dunkin' Donuts. You just Donuts think us or- fucking fat people would just hang out at these fast food joints, don't you? Don't you, I, you son of a bitch. It was, okay, in hindsight, Mike, to your credit, maybe a little bit of cheap heat there. But uh, we're actually the baby faces in all this. Oh, wow. Wow. So I thought it was funny to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, they're all out of donuts. I guess you guys were here all day. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, so we move on to the match. Yeah, September 11th, right? On November 28th. Oh, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, November, yeah 28th, November 28th. November 28th, 2015 uh, for Phoenix Pro Wrestling and at Luna. Altoona. Jesus, <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm never going to this fucking town. At Altoona, PA, Starlight Gay is in a match with Non Grata. This is a cage match. What goes down? Yeah, so this match changes everything for me and Tyler in more ways than one. In preparation for the match, um, I'm in the back and I decide that I'm going to pair off with Randall Fairway. Now, Randall Fairway, uh, he's been he he's an older guy, uh, and I just kind of. He's not that old, but uh, I just kind of get the sense that he wants to take it easy in this match. And brother, me too. I want to play it smart. I don't want to take any major crazy risks. Um, I'm leaving that to Tyler Caden and ISP. I'm kind of standing off to the side and I'm listening to Tyler talk to ISP about what they want to do. It's just crazy shit. It's just crazy shit. Yeah, then we'll go to the top and then we'll, and then I'll, I'll take you and smash you off this. And that's the yada, 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 yada. I'm looking at Randall. Like we're not doing even half of that shit. Like, like hardcore gonna... stuff. No, hell no. And now uh, you just were protecting, protecting your body at this time. I mean, I know that Tyler and ISP are going to be doing, I mean, this is a shit. cage match. You got to pull out all the stops. Well, yeah. You know, um, I'm trying to think of the crazies. I didn't do anything crazy in this match. So, but okay. So let's get to the match. We now know that Travis and Randall not going to be doing anything crazy. ISP and Tyler, they've been talking crazy spots all night. And now we're in the match. Let's just get straight to it. Uh, ISP puts Tyler Caton on his shoulders, electric chair drop style. Following me, Mike? Like Samoa Joe. No, he's sitting like 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 you have your child on your shoulders. At oh, the okay, fair. I got you. Yeah. ISP has Tyler Caden, child on the shoulders at the fair style. <laughs> and he climbs to the top rope. Oh, damn. Now, Tyler is holding on to the top of the cage. ISP is standing on the top rope rope how how high is the top rope you think five feet yeah probably about probably about five or six okay tyler uh so isp has him isp feels some kind of a sign from tyler to go ahead and start going tyler is getting mixed signals tyler goes ahead and starts to go about a half of a second later, ISP decides to go. It's bad timing. Tyler is plummeting straight to the ground from the top of the cage with ISP following him. Oh, 
Tyler lands accordion style on the top of his shoulders with his feet going over his head. He lands. That's not the worst part. ISP lands on top of Tyler after he's been pancaked. He's dead. Well, Tyler fractures his spine. No. Wow. At, At this time, his spine is severed. Jesus. He doesn't realize. ISP also doesn't realize. Match continues. Tyler and ISP do like seven more spots after this. Uh, Tyler takes a... Tyler's got to be feeling something at this point. Nothing. Hmm. The adrenaline has completely taken over. He takes a suplex. He ta- uh, there was a belly to belly. Tyler takes multiple moves after this. Um, and then Tyler does the finish. We win the match. We win the cage match. Um, we get to the back. Tyler's acting completely normal. <laughs> He's, you know, kind of touching his back, moving it around a little bit near, you know, whenever it's time to say goodbye. Tell there's a little bit of discomfort. But then uh, the next day, from my understanding, you'd have to, we'd have to get Tyler on the record at some point. Um, I believe it was the next day, or it might have even been a week after. Uh, he was starting to feel some discomfort at work, I believe, if memory serves me correctly. He ended up getting it checked out at the hospital. <laughs> and the doctor was so surprised. He was like, I can't believe that you didn't come to me that night <laughs> that it happened. Yeah. This guy's a trooper, but you have a fracture. Now, uh, over time, Tyler would eventually come back from this. Um, but over time, his spinal column, uh, I guess you have multiple discs. Uh, two, two of his discs were broken and over time had fused together. The oh, only man. thing that they had Tyler do was wear a back brace and take it easy. That's all they had him do. No surgery. Interesting. And then they, after wearing the back brace, doing things right, uh, they, I guess it was a couple months, they looked at his spine and they realized that two of his vertebrae had fused together and his back was stronger because of it. Really? Stronger. He's like Spider-Man. <laughs> Crazy. Interesting. Yeah. But he would eventually make uh, his comeback. So did he have um, to, did he have to surrender the grand slam champion? We will get into that December 18th. We'll find out. All right. We're going to find out next, actually. That's next on this next on the list. December 18th, 2015 Phoenix pro wrestling. You're in a match with psycho fusion. Travis Dorian and Mark Hart in a number one contendership match. So it's a triple threat. That's right. Uh, and I go ahead and defeat Psycho Fusion, Travis Dorian, and Mark Hart. Uh, the main event comes. The main event of this event is Tyler Caden defending the grand championship against Jack Massacre, who is a legit over seven feet tall. Kind of looks like the big show. And but never... Mike, how's his back's broken? Yeah. He comes out and says, listen, guys, my back is fucked. <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> but, 
But uh, yeah, he does a whole promo and says, I have to give up the grand championship. Um, but then Kess Edison comes out. Now, Kess Edison, introducing Kess Edison into the story. He is the general manager of Phoenix Pro Wrestling. He can make matches. Kess comes out and says, Tyler, you've been a fighting champion. You've been a great champion. But since you have to relinquish the title, I think it's only fair that we have a grand championship title match right here, right now. Who would you like to take your place? He asks Tyler, who do you want to take your place? Tyler says, you know, if Travis is up for it, because I know he's already wrestled, he did win the number one contendership earlier tonight. And he is my best friend. And if I could think of anybody to take my place, it's my best friend, Travis Dufour. Here I come. Yeah. Grand championship title match. Giving it to uh, his buddy, his tag team partner. That's, that's right. A, that's a good, that's a good story. That's right. Um, I completely align myself with Kess Edison by the end of the match. I, uh, behind the referee's back, I take the grand championship and crack, uh, Jack Massacre with it. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing this very dirty, but the fans are cheering me throughout this whole thing. You have Tyler Caden on the side, cheering me on. You have Kess Edison kind of with more energy cheering me on because yeah. at the end of this, I will be aligned with Kess Edison. He will be my manager. And at the end, I beat Jack Massacre. One, two, three, Tyler Caden gets in the ring to shake my hand. I can't get physical with him. I just slap his hand out of the way, give a hug to Cass Edison. Tyler Caton's back on my shit list. You dirty, rotten son of a bitch. How can what, you do that what, to your friend and tag team partner? What was my choices? I wanted to be the champ. You were going to be the champ. You were going to fucking be the champ. You were going to win the belt, and uh, you were going to have the congratulations and support of your tag partner but instead you practically spat in his face. What's with that? Like I said on the last episode, there was just too many people that were cheering Tyler Caden. And then he just got done to, uh, being with his grand championship title run. He was the biggest baby face in Phoenix pro at this time. So you were tired of being in his shadow. I, I That's an interesting way to paint it. Um, I think I was on my own path, Mike. You were trying to be in a, in a shadow. Let's just. Let's if I'm getting it. fucking. Let's heat. get down to brass tacks. Okay. You were tired of playing second fiddle to the man, to the star. Honestly, if if my dream was to be a babyface, I probably would be a little a little heated with Tyler because that I can't. I could never compete. I don't baby think face. you'd be a natural babyface. You are just. You just have heel written all over you. You're just a natural bad guy, and I, I mean that in the most positive of ways. Is it the red hair or what do you think it is? Well, I mean that I mean that helps you, but I, I'm not I'm not talking about anything with looks. I just mean you just have this demeanor about you, this the way you come across that just people would love to hate you. Why did people like Abe Lincoln so much? Because he was honest. Uh, well, I just <laughs> I look just like Abe Lincoln, and you're telling me I look like a hateful mother. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think he was a redhead though. He wasn't. Yeah, you got me on that there one. There was a difference right there. That's why people liked him. 
but uh, let's go ahead and uh, I guess pick 10 is so uh, the picture for uh, one of the following events is we'll go ahead and it's circulating and it's uh, it's my first real um, showcase on a on a flyer. Like That's that. you. Yeah. It's you. How did you feel uh, seeing yourself promoted in this way on the flyer as the main match? I mean, yeah, great. Obviously, you know. Yeah. Doing big things. I had never been featured on a flyer before like this. So. And I still have an original poster um, of this graphic. But uh, but that's actually um, the February 27th date. Yeah, we still uh, have a couple dates before that. Well, I have one date. Oh. What's that one? January 30th, right? Yeah. January 30th, 2015, Phoenix Pro Wrestling Bulldog Arena. Travis Dufour is in a match with Matt Sagaris. That's right. He would change his name later to uh, John Roden, but at this time, good because Sagaris sucks. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, I guess maybe that is why he uh, changed his name. <laughs> In my opinion, no. But uh, I wasn't originally supposed to wrestle Matt Sagaris. I was supposed to wrestle this guy named Ryan Colby, who had canceled the day of. Uh, I, the reasoning slips me. But uh, there was a guy who was there, Matt Sagaris, and I had wrestled him a couple years earlier uh, as Starlight Gaze, and him and his tag partner. We had a really good match, um, and I always respected John Roden. So on this night, January 30th, I defeated uh, John Roden, Matt Sagaris. Getting some wins under your belt again, I see. First title defenses went well. We have established that Cass Edison is a bastard, and he's with me. And he helped me cheat pretty much the whole match. So you go from being in this great tag team with your, your friend to being a son of a bitch <laughs> who only cares about himself. I thought it was great storytelling. Yeah, well, I'm just letting you know it doesn't make you a good person. Might be great storytelling. Doesn't make you a good person. Yeah, talking about people who... who I'm just great... saying I feel bad for Tyler. You feel bad? Yeah, Tyler was Tyler was the champion. He, he Tyler he, had it. Tyler had it ripped from under him. He would still be champion today. Do you think he should have wrestled with his fucking back brace on? No, I don't think he should have wrestled. But I just think that if it weren't for him getting injured, maybe, just maybe, you would have never been Grand Slam champion. It well, no, that's why I said that event changed everything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 of course, just playing into it. Of course, I'm just having some fun. Yeah, you're a piece of shit. February fourth, twenty fifteen. Axel Rotten, former ECW superstar. Yeah, he dies. He's he's he's, he's done. So what? So why is this a, a part of the show? I I know that you mentioned him before because his needles, his drugs, got you banned from a particular venue, right? Well, to be just very serious, allegedly, no. allegedly. There's, we can say alleged all we want. That's that was his fucking needles. But but uh, but uh, I just remember. Oh man, my history with Axel Rotten goes way back. I've just I he I've wrestled on more shows with Axel Rotten than any other like big star. Axel lived in Baltimore. Uh he was in an hour's drive from where I live and he just showed up at shows here a lot and I 
didn't exactly like I never took a seminar with Axel or anything like that. I but really you guys thought, are basically best friends. Well, the basically Axel kind of proved that he was a piece of shit because he uh had piece of shit acquaintances around him all the time. Um, I mean, and if you are literally going to shoot drugs in the locker room, I see you do it. And then like I watched him shoot drugs and then like an hour less than later, he had a match and it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful five-star match. What the fuck? This guy's having good matches on drugs. He was literally slobbering. And then somebody came back. was like, yo, Axel, you're up next. Your opponent's already in the ring. We're about to play your music in 30 seconds. This dude goes from drooling, staring at the ground, just lifts his head picks up his steel chair that he was just drawing his name on walks to the ring has a great match comes to the back sits back down in the spot he was just in nods back out that's the most impressive that is impressive i gotta say that's super impressive because i can't do shit when i'm high on marijuana let alone (laughs) the drugs that he was doing just i don't want to you know whatever Yeah, we don't want to speak ill of the dead. Um, Axel was Axel. Everyone has their their issues, some more than others, but uh, it's unfortunate. I'll say that. Yeah, but we're, you know, but I'm really excited about February 27th, 2016. That's my next uh, defense. That's my next date. But something happens. Yeah. On the way to. You get involved in a uh, bit of a car accident. Yes. Look at this car. Nasty. This nasty. car is fucked. Yeah. I think that's what they uh that's what they call in the biz totaled. Yeah, no. The uh I was standing next to the guy who towed it. He was like, "So I assume the people who were in this car died, huh?" And I looked at him, I was like, "I was driving it." So, no. <laughs> so no one uh no one got hurt uh badly? No. Uh yeah. Uh, so the story is I went to pick up my fiance from work. Uh we were is this your current fiance or somebody else? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I picked her up. I was, we were on our way back home and we were uh, near an on-ramp to the highway. We were about to pass this on-ramp to the highway, but there was another car uh, coming from the opposite direction. And they thought they had enough time to uh, make this turn. The light went yellow. They thought they had just enough time to make this turn. Well, I also thought I had just enough time to make it through this yellow light and they straight head on. You can see that they hit the, the front right side of the car. It was, it was head on. They got you good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how was uh, going through this? Do you remember the accident very much? Do you remember being in it? Yes. Um, I remember looking at the light and the last thing I saw before impact was just headlights. Um, and then, boom, confusion. And then you're sitting there. Uh, I saw smoke rolling out of the front of the car. Wow. First thing I did was touch my arms all the way to my fingertips, touch my legs all the way down to my toes. And I was like, happy. I was excited. You I was like, feel oh. everything. You move everything. I was like, bro, I made it. Like, I'm, wow. I'm alive. I look over in the passenger side where my fiance is. She's screaming. Oh yeah. She looks to be in pain. Uh, 
So now I have to get out of the car. Uh, the frame has bent my door. So I literally have to kick my door off of its hinges. Wow. Uh, so it goes flying. Uh, I am now out of the car. The driver of the other vehicle who hit me is a young girl. She's about 16, 17 years old. Uh, she's running towards me, screaming, sorry, I am so sorry. Oh, my God. Like, she's freaking the fuck out. And so when she got up to you, you, you punched her in the face. Boom. Just, a, just a right jab. Just boom. Good. She probably went down like a sack of bricks. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. She was <laughs> out. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, I was, I didn't like that. She was trying to put the situation on her. Like, Oh my God. I was just like, move out of my fucking way. I had to get to the other side of the car to the passenger side. Cause you were concerned was. about your fiance at this point. Yes. Yes. And the door won't open. So uh, this is another door I have to. And dude, then I'm kind of realizing I have like weird strength. And and so you have and to channel weird. your inner Brock Lesnar for this one. I ripped this fucking door off the car. And I pulled her out of the car. She stands up on her feet and immediately she starts going back down. There's something wrong with her ankle. Oh, uh, she, no. yeah, she had ended up, I guess whenever the car hit, it had like threw her legs over so fast that it like twisted her ankle. Wow. But uh, yeah, so this uh, car accident is posted on Facebook. I announced to everybody that I'm in a car accident. So this kind of puts your, your match that's coming up here real soon in jeopardy. That's what I want people to think. Yeah. And so. Uh, we go to February 27th. So this car accident wasn't work. You planned this. <laughs> yeah, I, I told the lady. I was like, fucking give it You to better me. make this look good, and you hit me dead on. I was like, strong style. We're doing this Japan. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not letting people know that I'm I'm fine. That, that You're playing you know, with the idea that maybe that this match won't happen. Maybe. Well, it's funny because uh, so the match, my next match is happening February 27th, about two days before this date. I am at work and I feel like I'm having a heart attack, like an actual real. heart attack. Yeah. Like I'm, 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 my vision's going in and out. I'm hard of breath. My chest is fucking killing me. Jeez. I, huh? That would make you freak out, right? Dude. I'm so glad I had a walkie talkie with this job because I got right on the radio and I was like, I do not feel good. I am going down. <laughs> I am going down. Send help. A whole announcement to everybody who has code red, code red. <laughs> Mountain Dew, brother. Code red. <laughs> I'm going down. Uh yeah, they end up. I don't take a an ambulance to the hospital, but my boss drives me to the hospital. What happened was i had a like a anxiety like a panic attack wow what were you what were you what was it over do you think the doctor thinks it had something to do with the car crash like a couple days after like trauma in my body like basically freaking out because it could have been much worse like you could have died and like your fiance could have been more I, hurt i wasn't thinking about it or i think it was like a body anxiety yeah. have you ever had a panic attack prior to that prior no 
since then? B- tons. Wow. Not because of this, but uh, yeah. So I just played my cards safe and I went to the hospital to get it checked out. Uh, the bill for this fucking anxiety attack was crazy. If you ever, listeners, if you have an anxiety attack, don't go to the hospital. Oh yeah, they'll ring. They'll put you there the ringer. Oh my god! And they'll if you sign you up for of, everything. They'll be like, "Oh, we give him that, give him that." Yeah. And if you have any kind of uh, financial burden, like if that causes depression for you or anything like that, please be careful going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. If if you have uh, issues and you're stressing out, imagine what that hospital bill is going to do to your stress after. So, not obviously, if if you need to go to the hospital, fucking go to the hospital for sure, for sure. <laughs> but I, but I have a stance for like me personally. Unless I feel like, holy shit, I could be dying. There's no way I'm going to the hospital. I will go through a lot of pain. I will, you know, I might act like my, my fiance would say that I act like a baby at home. But, you know, I'll go through pain. I'll go through sickness and all kinds of stuff. But I will not go to the hospital unless I feel like something's seriously wrong. Could, so, couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. No. But uh, I use this uh, to my advantage. So we fast forward to February 27th, 2015. Phoenix Pro Wrestling is holding an event in Johnstown, Pennsylvania at the Bulldog Arena. Uh, I have a match against Psycho Fusion. This is that event. Um, And for my entrance to the ring, I'm on crutches, Mike. Now, for, you know, for real life, though, are you 100% going into this match? 110%. That's good. That's good. So this is all for the crowd. Make people think that uh, the crash maybe was worse than it actually was. Yep. Jazz it up. I go out to the ring. I got it. uh, The uh, crutches. And now I'm cutting a promo kind of leading us to believe that we're going to have to cancel this match. Um, I wait for, I don't remember the promo. I wait for an opening for me to take the crutch attack psycho fusion before the match. That's how the match starts. Get the I upper hand. Up... Go ahead. Yeah, get the upper hand. Yep. And I end up getting the win. My second title defense is complete. So this is a kind of a trend with you, is that you're playing dirty to keep this title. Yeah. I mean, I got Kess Edison. Um, whenever they originally approached me to have Kess Edison as my manager, Kess really wasn't doing anything like worth mentioning at this point. So I felt like I don't need a mouthpiece, but if you give me a good manager, I'll use them. And Kess Edison. That is an interesting point. You don't need a mouthpiece. You're the one of those guys that can carry yourself on the mic just fine. So Kess Edison's my favorite manager I've ever had, but just because of this run that we're talking about now. Yeah. Let's move on to the March date. My next title defense. March 26, 2016, Phoenix Pro Wrestling in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Third time's a charm. Travis Dufour is in a match with uh, Chris Klein. And are you defending the the title, the title in this one? Yes. This, uh, I guess the storyline behind this is that there is no story. They literally posted on their Facebook, Travis Dufour will defend the grand championship against Chris Klein. Uh, so that's kind of gets me thinking Klein's from my past. He was one of the guys. Uh, if you remember the house of pain story where I asked Robbie and Chris Klein to protect me, 
uh, they dump me on my head, kick me in the head, all this yeah. stuff. This is years later. I'm not that fucking young kid no more. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the grand champion, the top guy at this company. You're the guy who dishes those ass beatings now. That's right. And that I cut a promo on Klein for this match where that was kind of the thesis for the whole thing. I'm not a little boy no more. Yeah. He's (laughs) here's a bully from my past. Try and fuck with me now. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really excited about this match. Uh, One thing about this match, Klein told me in the back that he wanted to take a reverse suplex off the top rope. A reverse suplex. That's so that's super dangerous. Yeah. I've never done that. Well, anything off the top rope is really dangerous. Even the regular, like the superplexes. Yeah. Like Chris will be sitting, uh, staring out at the crowd, sitting on the top rope, staring out at the crowd. I have to get onto the middle rope, top rope, hook him. And then he has to essentially backflip off the top rope while I'm going back. Yeah. And he outweighs me by about 70, 80 pounds. There's a good chance I'm going to fucking spike you on the top of your head. Yeah. So it comes time to do the, to, to do the move. Chris is on the top. Uh, this is one of those uh, moments where I had to pull a vet move. I started the climb to, to do this reverse suplex, but I'm getting cold feet. I know I'm going to drop him on his head. I don't want to fucking kill, kill Chris Klein. I uh, get to the middle rope and I tell him, give me three shots with your elbow and give me an elbow drop. He said, no, let, let's do the move. I said, give me three shots and I'm going to go flying off. Then give me an elbow drop. He gives me the three, sh- three, the three shots, gives me the elbow drop. In the back, he was he just starts laughing. He's like, I can't believe you didn't want to fucking do that. And I was like, I'm, I wasn't going to kill you. You mean the the backwards superplex? Yeah, yeah. He was making fun of you that you wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Call calling me a pansy. Now is that um? What's the best way to handle that? If a, if a guy, if a wrestler doesn't want to take a specific move, is that frowned upon? Is that okay to speak up? It shouldn't be. Uh, I say no. If I'm not, especially if you've been working a while, please. Please say no. And on that same token, if you haven't been wrestling very long, you need to learn how to say no. Because if you're trying to impress the promoter or try or impress that guy that you're working and you're agreeing to some shit, brother, it happened to me. I remember agreeing to, to do shit that I didn't know how to do. Because you would have been doing it for the first time, right? Yeah. In the ring. And that's a, that's not a good thing. Yes, you need to be practicing moves. You need to be training. Don't do anything you you don't know how to do. And that's what they a lot of people who watch wrestling don't understand is that uh, even when they show these WWE clips of these guys take um, what's that football player who came in and did a match at WrestleMania? Bill Goldberg, <laughs> Steve Longo. No, not even close. It's oh, the guy who's still playing football today. I don't remember his name, but Vince McMahon Pat ended McAfee. up. Yeah, no, not Pat McAfee. Uh, Gronk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, 
he had to do like a lot of practicing and all these celebrities do. And, and every wrestler, by the way, comes in and, and they first will try the move on some crash pads, some like big padding, because, you know, you don't want to hurt yourself when you're just practicing. So like, yeah, all these guys are practicing these moves and, and for you, you didn't have that luxury where there were like crash pads and all kinds of stuff to test it out. Like you would have been doing it for the first time in the ring that night, like in the match. And that's a dangerous thing. Like you had no time to actually learn how to do it properly. That's a good way to fill up your bump card way faster than what you'd like. Yeah. For, for virtually nothing. Like what are you gaining from it? Exactly. Uh, but to kind of keep this show rolling, we move on to our next date on April 30th, Mike. April 30th, you're back in uh, Phoenix Pro Wrestling. And uh, but I want to make one comment about the, the Grand Slam championship run in general. You and I actually were not talking during these years uh, for a number of years, but we were Facebook buddies. And I remember very clearly remembering this reign as the Grand Slam champion because you would post about it all the time, first of all. And secondly, I remember like a lot of time going by and me just being shocked. Like this motherfucker is still the grand slam champion. Like how is this dude still the grand? I don't know how long I'm sure we'll get to it at some point, but you were grand slam champion for a while to the point where I'm just like, I felt like it was almost a year later. I'm like, this dude's still the child. This guy's still the champion. I don't know. (laughs) So I remember it, but anyway, back to this event. No, Yeah, no, I, I know exactly. Um, we, so I won the belt in December of 2015. Uh, we'll get to whenever I lost it, but it was, it was a year and I think seven or eight months. Yeah. It definitely felt like a long time because Very I mean, cool. months would go by and I'd forget all about it. Then I'd see another post grand slam champion. I'm like, Jesus, this guy's, this guy's a somebody. He's a fucking champion. Uh, this is m- m- my most proud moments of my career. Because whenever I tell you that, you know, I, I was, I was knocking it out of the park with every one of these title defenses. I just took so much pride in finally being in that main event spot. Cause brother, I've done the opening match. I've done right before intermission. I've done all these things. Uh, main event is something that I really wanted to get good at. Like, yeah. And this so, was, so this was your favorite. big main event singles run you were taking it extremely serious this is it (laughs) yeah so april 30th uh, 2016 at phoenix pro wrestling um you are wrestling shane malice that's right one-on-one with shane malice he was the hand-picked opponent for me from tyler caton the tyler caton travis dufour feud is still going on at this at this time so his back's okay at this point not yet not yet. Okay. He's he's still in a back brace at this time. He is doing an on-air uh man uh, uh on-air like commissioner type. Yeah, okay. So he's still keeping himself around. He's still in the public view. Yes, Ty- Tyler at this point can't stay away. Yeah. But uh yeah, this match was a, a really really great match. If you get a chance, look up Travis Dufour versus Shane Malice. Um, there's multiple matches I've had with him, but this, what, uh, the promoter had approached me and he said, Travis, we need opponents for you for the grand championship. Um, uh, right away. I was like, please let me have a one-on-one with Shane Malice. Um, Shane 
has went on to uh, get an agent in wrestling, which is something that I haven't really heard about. Uh, D'Lo Brown is Shane Malice's agent. Really? He is. Huh. Yeah. Why would he, uh, why would he need an agent? Uh, was Shane has been down to uh, through this agency. He's gotten to go down to like Georgia and like, it's like opened up different doors for Shane throughout. I got uh, you. United States. So he has got some opportunities from it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now if he was going around being like, yeah, if he was telling people that, but nothing was happening, like, yeah, that would be weird, <laughs> but no, but I have tons of respect for Shane Malice. Because uh, I know that he really respects me, and whenever I feel that the respect is mutual, I know that we're going to have a great match because of that. So next up, uh, May thirtieth, twenty sixteen, Phoenix Pro Wrestling again. You're wrestling at the Johnstown Middle uh, Middle School in a match against Mikey Rath, where you defeat him. Is this another title? De- are all these title defenses, by the way? Oh, uh, every, every one of them. And was the intention when you won the belt to keep the belt on you for a while, or is this just kind of being booked as you go? This is being booked as we go. (laughs) So there was no like long-term, like we're going to keep the belt on him for a while. None of that type of thing. Yeah. I know that I know that the promoter wanted me to have a lengthy title run, but there was nothing ever discussed. Do you know anything at this time, how they felt about you as champion? Uh, Were they liking what was going on? Were they happy with it? great i mean there's there's stories being told there's promos being cut their their champion is uh representing the company pretty pretty damn good and um in comparison to you know and not taking anything away from previous grand champions but i was i was promoting every single event and and some former grand champions weren't doing that yeah and did you have a chance to cut promos a lot of promos during this time too Yes. In the ring? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You felt like your promo work was top top notch, too? At this time, I could go to the promoter for Phoenix Pro Wrestling, and whatever I say is what is going to happen that night. Wow. So a lot of trust in you at this, at this point. Another question I had as I was looking at these dates is I saw, um, we saw a lot of dates close together. You know, you're wrestling sometimes multiple times every weekend, and now I'm seeing... Um, as we go in the future, some of them are a little bit more spread out, some a month apart, some a few weeks. So are you wrestling a lot more frequently than what showed what's shown here? Or is this like, what's your schedule? Like is what I'm trying to get at. What's your wrestling schedule? Like at this time, are you wrestling? Or like, are these just your highlight matches that you're showing me here on the, the notes? And there, there are other matches in between. Yes. Uh, there are other matches that are happening at this time. We are just doing the highlights. Um, whenever I, uh, do we, we did the last episode, there was a couple matches that I didn't really care to talk about. So there's, there's guys that I'm, that I'm having matches with at this time that I don't care to, to yeah. speak about. Makes sense. <laughs> what I was trying to get at was this run as grand slam champion. Are you wrestling more than you ever have as a pro wrestler? Is this your busiest time? I wouldn't say so. I was protecting myself a lot at this time. Um, I were you worried about an injury? No, no, not exactly. I was Phoenix pro wrestling. I had pride at being there from the first event. Um, I was a part of their first event. And so for me to 
work toward you know i'm finally accomplishing like something big here once i got the grand championship i uh was not really worried about finding other promotions to work for now at this time i'm working for west virginia wrestling um i'm having matches with shane shadows bill bain at this time uh but they weren't really like showcase matches like yeah. during this time we're we're talking about the big ones yeah yeah it makes sense and actually speaking of shane shadows the day before that title defense against mikey rath you were in cpw in uh, big bear lake and uh you defeated uh, no sorry you were in a match with shane shadows so tell me a little bit about this match and do you bring your grand slam championship with you i know that's from another promotion or is this totally separate i if, i'm not taking it anywhere yeah um at, at, at these other promotions oh man uh i'm and, and i'm glad that i'm that guy because i have seen other champions from other promotions and they'll i don't know it's a bad look you show up in a in another promotion's locker room and you're carrying someone belt. else's belt yeah. yeah does it kind yeah. of make you a mark for yourself or what what is it that just makes you a mark in general <laughs> i got it i got it so uh but the cool thing about this event right here may 29th 2016 this is my birthday oh really yep um, I wasn't originally booked on this card, but uh, about uh, two weeks before this card, I realized that it landed on my birthday and I had already worked with CPW a lot before. And I asked if I could be a part of the event and I, the promoter, Shane Shadows, ended up working Shane Shadows again. Hmm. Who you like working with? Who do I? What? No, who you, uh, Shane is someone you like working with. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a challenge. It's, it's, yeah. it's an absolute, uh, absolute challenge every time because Shane shadows is a guy who wrestled in the nineties and has been around long, long time. So, and this is his baby. Big bear Lake is uh, a, a place that he's brought his promotion CPW to for years at this point, like a decade at this point. So it, it means a lot to wrestle Shane at, at this card. Yeah. And so moving forward, June 11th, 2016, we're in Arkham Wrestling Federation. I love this this name of this promotion, by the way. Arkham. Just reminds me of Batman. Like Arkham this Asylum. Is, this is the only event that they ever ran, too. And I, I, one I only. And I love those games, too. Yeah, the, the, the games are fun. Yeah, just uh, so anyway. Yeah, Batman. Shout out to Batman, I guess. But June 11th, you're wrestling there. Travis Dufour in a match with Jet Thunder. And you're in a match for their uh, for the AWF Heavyweight Championship. So this was what you won this title. And then that was it for the promotion. So I were, am. You were the one and only champion to this day. I am the AWF heavyweight champion. Dude, you're the longest reigning AWF champion. Well, uh, this show was a favor. I did this show as a favor to uh, Alex Lawson, who is a guy who I backyarded with, um, who turned pro. This is his promotion. He wanted it to be as legitimate as, as possible. He showed me a lot of respect just coming into it. He, um, the other guys he had, he had booked on this card were not guys. I would typically work on cards with they're not respected. Yeah. Trash bag wrestlers, <laughs> but as a favorite him and because we're friends from the past, 
I decided to do this event. I was not scheduled to win their fucking title. <laughs> yeah, so how did that happen? Well, the match was set. It was me versus Jet Thunder versus Alex Lawson in a triple threat match for the title. For some reason, Alex Lawson gets a lot of anxiety about the match, about an hour before the match. And he's he like walks up to me and says, you don't think I'm going to hurt you, do you? And I was like, no. It's an odd thing to ask. And he was like, I'm just starting to get worried. Like, this is a ladder match for the title. And so is this guy pretty new to the business? Is that why he was saying that? He's like a year older than me. He had a couple of pro matches before I did. So he's, he's he's been wrestling as long as me. Interesting. He's getting like an anxiety attack about it. And he's like, he's like short of breath and shit. And he's like, I just don't want to hurt you out there, Travis. And I was like, <laughs> well, then don't be careful then, Alex. <laughs> um, so he's, he's having a mental breakdown a little bit. He, he fucking, he's in his gear and everything. He takes himself out of the match. He's like, listen, you're going to have to wrestle Jet Thunder one-on-one. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So I look at Jet Thunder and now, and who is supposed to win the belt is Alex Lawson. So now I'm looking Wait, at so the winner of the match just took himself. What the fuck? Full blown mental breakdown. Hey, and um, anxiety is no joke, though. I, I'm not going to. Yeah. And if Alex listens to the show, I love you so much. If you did think that you were going to hurt me, I'm glad that you did. You did take yourself out of that match. You need confidence whenever you're in the ring. Yeah. Because that is a good way to fucking hurt somebody. So, so now. He probably hadn't had a ladder match before, maybe. No, th- that's the thing. He's done a lot of crazy shit. That's weird. I just wonder what the reasoning was behind that. I don't but know. But hey, if he wasn't feeling it, yeah, like you said, you got to be confident. Fuck it. So uh, this Jet Thunder guy, one-on-one, I'm going to wrestle Jet Thunder. Uh, Jet Thunder works for the Army in real life. Now, And this is going to come into the story. Uh, we do a coin toss as to who's going to win the AWF heavyweight championship. <laughs> Me or Jet Thunder. Paper, scissors, rocks. Paper, scissors, rocks. Uh, and Jet Thunder wins. So he's going to win the title. Yeah. Um, but then we get to talking. And like, and it's about 10 minutes before our match. The semi-main event is now in the ring. We know that we're next. And he looks at me and goes, fuck, I'm in the army. And I was like, okay. And he was like, sometimes like, I'm not here. I'm doing army shit. I was like, okay. okay. He was like, I, I can't win the belt. I'm like, okay. So I'm at this place with a, a lot of outlaw guys there. Some guys that can't get booked elsewhere, you know? And, uh, Looks like I'm winning their heavyweight title. And how do you feel about this in the moment? Do you care? Whatever. Let's just get the match plan so we know what we're doing. So um, I remember it being a pretty physical match. Uh, there's no pictures to show from that match, but I do have a couple bruises from the ladder from this match. Very physical match. Uh, but little side note, Kevin Calloway, the original manager for Starlight Gaze, is my manager for this match. 
I've completely patched things with Kevin at this point. And uh, I told him, you know, since I didn't think I was going to wrestle again for this company, ended up winning the title. I said, since I don't think I'm going to be here ever again, let's have some fun. Be my manager one night only. Yeah. So he did that. And that's the one who passed away, right? No, Kevin Calloway is still very much so alive. Which one was the one that passed away? Mike Skills has passed away. Mike Skills. I'm such an asshole. So let's move it on to June 25th. Yeah, June 25th, 2016. uh, You're back in Phoenix Pro. The Bulldog Arena. Travis Dufour in a match with Jack Massacre. Another title defense. Yes, he is the man who I originally beat for the belt. And so you're defeating him again in, in swift fashion. How did yeah. this match go? Well, Tyler Caden announced that he realized that Travis Dufour is out of fucking control. So he needs to bring back the monster, the seven feet giant uh, Jack Massacre. And on this night to defeat Jack Massacre, I form the Dufour Horseman. And so Tyler Caden, he's like plotting against you to like try to get the title off you to like to, to screw you over. Is that what's going on? Brother, last time, last time he was sending Shane Mouse at me. This time it's Jack Massacre. He needs somebody to get this job done. And uh, who is he? The babyface still in this situation? Still the babyface. Travis is this is that is that Ric Flair type, which is why we called this the Do Four Horsemen. I was getting compared to Ric Flair a lot at this time. So bada bing, bada boom, we get Keita Murray and Kit Raff, who are still both out there wrestling to this day. Uh, they're in a tag team called the Impeccables. Um, they uh, help me defeat Jack Massacre. The Do Four Horsemen is born. Yeah. And so they helped you win this match. They did. Um, I would have to review the match to figure out how, but I know that the Do Four Horsemen was uh, formed that night. Yeah. So we're moving on to July 30th, 2016 in Holidaysburg Readiness Center. Another wrestling event. Not sure for what uh, promotion because you didn't list it here. But Phoenix Pro Wrestling. Phoenix Pro Wrestling. So you're, you're there a lot. You're working for them a lot. You're their main guy at this point. Yes. And uh, you're in a match. Actually, you're not in a match, are you? Uh, we are. So I'll go ahead and take it from here. We are defeated by Manchild, Minichild, and Marcus Cage. The storyline here is that Tyler, uh, with, with the Dufour Horsemen being together now, Travis Dufour in the, in the Impeccables, Tyler Caden wants to see what a six-man tag situation would look like. Uh, put Travis Dufour with the Impeccables, and they will take on Manchild, Minichild, and Marcus Cage. Now... The, the big thing that happens in this match, mini child. He's uh, got a mask on. He's a lot smaller than man child. Um, mini child has his mask removed. It's fucking Tyler Caden. Oh, wow. So he's back. He's uh, he's medically cleared. He's medically cleared. This is his first time doing something physical in the ring. And it's a shock to you. You're in the ring and uh, storyline wise, it's, it's a shock. Uh, oh, storyline Travis is heated. He can't believe that this this nuisance of, of, of the past Tyler Caton, really the only guy that Travis knows can really beat him. So it's Travis Dufour hates Tyler. Despises. Yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, we, um, Tyler is only comfortable with returning with uh, me at this point. Uh, we hit some of our old spots that we had done years before. It felt like a walk in the park with Tyler. Tyler and I walk away very happy about this match. And so physically, he's feeling pretty good then if he's willing to get physical in a match and all that. He was ready to uh, do a six-man tag situation where he can get out. He doesn't have to be in there the whole time. Uh, he is currently in the gym working to have that big return at this time. Yeah. But uh, we move on to, in my opinion, the biggest event I've ever done at this point. Yeah, August 27th, 2016 in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Minor League Baseball Stadium. Wow, wrestling at a stadium. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're up against Manchild defending that grand championship. What happens here? Like you said, crowd. The fi There's a 5,000-person crowd. That's crazy. That's yeah, but really, we all... That actually really is crazy. 5,000 people for an independent show is a lot. Well, that's, we all... We that's like a that's like a dynamite or a rampage. You know, it, exactly, exactly. But we all I just want to make sure everybody knows that the credit goes to Mick Foley. He was the advertised a star for this event. Let's give credit where credit's due. They came to see the grand champion, the Grand Slam champion. Or is it the grand champion, the Grand Slam? I want to say Grand Slam. You have said Grand sense. Slam maybe 80 times on this show. <laughs> it is grand. Well, you should corrected me on the first time. And I just wondered. To, I was kind of keeping a mental tally on how many times you'd say it. Well, you're the Grand Slam. <laughs> you're the Grand Champion. Uh, they came to see Travis Dufour. Don't sell yourself short. Mick Foley was the undercard. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, just I'm, to I'm, make I'm, a comment about Mick Foley around. real quick. Um, Mick comes into the locker room cause he wants to meet the, t the local talent and all that friendly brother. It was shocking. It was so shocking. He was moving so slow and he oh, was, Oh, he looked beat the fuck up. Really? Yeah. I don't know if that's what he's like in his day-to-day -day life. If he's doing DDP yoga or anything like that, but he was not moving well. Wow. Well, that's, that's sad to hear, but. The guy's gone through some crazy shit in his career. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this match against Manchild, uh, to just kind of tell the story here, um, it was for the title. It was for the title. For the Grand Slam. No, I'm just kidding. The Grand Championship. Yeah, we actually have a promo video, uh, which will be the third video for this show. Uh, this is a promo. Travis Dufour. Um kind of laying down the groundwork for Travis Dufour versus Manchild. Uh, Mike, if you wanted to go ahead and roll that clip. You said vid four? Uh, yeah, video four. Travis Dufour here, going to hit you with some final thoughts before this coming Saturday night, the Blair County Convention Center in Altoona, Pennsylvania for Phoenix Pro Wrestling's Cage Christmas. Sorry, that's not it. It's this one. This right here, can't really tell what it is, but I'm going to tell you. It is the belt. It's everything everybody wants in this business, in Phoenix Pro Wrestling, outside of Phoenix Pro Wrestling. It doesn't matter. Everybody wants to be a champion. And tonight, man child, I'm putting the belt on the line. I'm not going to abuse the belt no more. I'm not going to let it lay out anymore. It's in this nice case. I'm keeping it in mint condition. It could be yours tonight. 
I know that's not going to happen. We're here at the curb, Travis Dufour, me and child. First time ever, and the last time, too. Damn. Hell yeah. So at this point, you already know you're losing the title, right? Well, uh, the title is in that sleeve, as you saw in the promo. Uh, it's in a nice little cover. Um, Manchild defeats me in front of 5,000 people. Stadium, the match is playing on the big screen. He does it. He's the champ. He gets the sleeve, pulls the title out of the sleeve, and it is a custom head-to-toe replica title of uh, uh, Super Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, wow. So it wasn't the, the grand championship. It was not the grand championship. I mean, these this Ninja Turtle title, like the little mini plates on the side, had like Leonardo, Donatello. Like it, it was a actual like a $2,000 real leather, real jeans. Yes. So not a, not, a, not a meaningless prize in its own right. The promoter is a total nerd, uh, and and he's also a belt mark, and uh, all of the titles for Phoenix Pro Wrestling are custom head-to-toe belts, and for some reason, he bought a Ninja Turtle title. That's a very random championship to have. Well, I got to use it in the storyline. So, Yeah, so he won. He won what he thought was the grand championship, but then he takes it out of his sleeve to find this Ninja Turtle belt. What's his reaction to that? Well, Manchild's gimmick is that he is a child in a man's body. So he's hyped. He's very excited. Oh, he's happy either way. Oh, yeah. And his tag partner, Marcus Cage, is off to the side going, no, no, Manchild, this isn't a good thing. That's not the belt. And like, you know, and you can't tell him anything. Uh, I end up getting back into the ring after he has realized it is the Ninja Turtle title. I snatched the belt from him and slam it into his face. Travis Dufour has now hit Manchild with the Ninja Turtle belt. He's down and out for the count, and I am on top of the world posing. Whenever the glass shatters and Stone Cold Steve Austin's music hits. No way. It is Stone Cold? What? Stone Cold's coming out? No, it is the team mascot Loco who is uh, now on his way to the ring on a, a four-wheeler Stone Cold <laughs> style. Yeah, cool. And it's uh, just a big moment for the fans. Um, he ends up putting my manager, Kess Edison, through a table on the outside of the ring while I'm inside now, the ring watching. Was this a worker dressed up in this mascot outfit? or This guy actually was the legitimate guy who played <laughs> Loco. Really? Interesting. He was a real young kid and he he was a really nice guy. Interesting. He he was so ready to like get involved. When, whenever uh it was proposed that I was going to work with the mascot Loco, I I met him. He was so open to any kind of ideas. He didn't have any ideas. He wanted to go with whatever I wanted to do because I was the wrestler. Yeah. So, uh but he gives me a stone cold stunner after the match. That looks pretty good. Yeah. It sure as hell doesn't look like 5,000 people in the stands. but Well, but it's spread out. You know? Yes. Then there's a lot of seats. This is a minor league baseball stadium. It's so huge. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, I've been to minor league stadiums. They are pretty big. So I, I'm curious about um, the fans here at the stadium. Were they picking up on what you were doing with 
not having the real championship. Um, and it was a fake, you know, not a fake title, but it wasn't the real championship. Like, did they pick up on those details or was that they can, you know, cause in a stadium like that, they're, they're further away from the ring. So I'm just wondering if they understood that part of the story or not. That is something that I don't really have a, like a great answer for. What I will say is that if you watch the match, um, the crowd is into they're into the, the, what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Now, like little details like that, I'm not sure. That is a yeah. I I, I do wonder about that. Yeah. Food for thought. Yeah. As they say. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so um, wrestling in front of five thousand people at a stadium. I mean, you had to have gone home feeling like, wow, that was. What an adrenaline rush, right? Like I remember selling on the ground at one point and just kind of looking over at the big screen. Soaking it in. Seeing me laying on the mat on the big screen. (laughs) And just the thing that it felt natural to me. It felt like I should be there. Yeah. You know, so big, big moment for me. Probably, probably the biggest match I've ever had. Well, moving on, we are talking about September 24th, 2016, and uh, this is the NWL, Lord of the Rings in Martinsburg, West Virginia. What's going on here? It's back to being at the bottom of the fucking barrel. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. No, I was very happy to be a part of this. Uh, The NWL, Lord of the Rings. Um, The Lord of the Rings is uh, two rings, 40 men. There's 20 men in each ring. So is it like an ultimate Royal Rumble? Yeah. Um, I don't really remember exactly how they do this, but all I remember is that I was eliminated in the first round by wild man, Robbie page. Um, uh, and there was also former WWE star head shrinker, Samu and guys like Shane shadows are a part of this deal too. And, uh, John Rambo, um, if you remember, I wrestled Rambo in the barbed wire match. He's a part of this event, too. It's his event. Hmm. So, yeah, and you, um, I believe you're muted. I'm not sure. I'm oh, sorry about that. But but uh, let's see. Nothing really to more to add to that. But the next date is really cool. October 28, 2016. Still, oh, this is the NWA. NWA. Yeah. NWA Mid-South. Wow. Ripley, Tennessee. You were in a match. Is uh, it a fatal four-way? Correct. Yeah. NWA, man. Really? Yeah. They That's put a me pretty on fucking... fucking... Yeah. And on the poster, too. Dude, you wrestled for the NWA. That's no small joke. That, or that's no small thing uh, at all. Yeah. Once Billy Corrigan bought the NWA, he kind of started getting rid of pretty much all of the nwa affiliates so uh uh, nwa mid-south they are now known in 2022 as mid-south wrestling but at this time they were a uh, national wrestling alliance affiliate and my in for this company is from jacob young who is a guy i brought under my wings uh brought under my wing uh, for years it I gave him a lot of his first opportunities, Um, but he had moved to Tennessee and made some connections, realized that he was pretty close to the NWA Mid-South where they trained at and everything, got his foot in the door there, made 
amazing strides as a wrestler, dropped the name Jacob Young. And at this point, he is known as Jacob Edwin, who, which is uh, what he is still known by this day to, to this day. And uh, yeah, he, he told the promoter, I'd like a car full of guys from West Virginia to come here. Uh, myself, Robbie Page, uh, Chris Klein. There's a couple of us that got in the car and made this trip uh, to go to Tennessee. That's pretty badass. NWA. And just seeing uh, the history there, uh, they have an actual building called like the WrestlePlex, and it has like Hall of Fame pictures on the walls. And it, it's just a wrestling fan's dream to go to that place. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, and uh, it totally, totally reignited my fire. Like, I already had fire before I went up there, but brother. I just, I needed to wrestle after this. We also have a video too. Yeah, this is for um, the, my next uh, match, which is supposed to be against uh, Ed House. And this is the promo that I made uh, for my next Phoenix Pro Wrestling date against Ed House. Let's take a look. Travis Dufour here, going to hit you with some final thoughts before this coming Saturday night, the Blair County Convention Center in Altoona, Pennsylvania, for Phoenix Pro Wrestling's Cage Christmas. One of two things is going to happen. I'm going to walk into that building. I'm going to beat Ed House. I'm going to punch him in the face. I'm going to pin him. I'm going to pin him one, two, three. I'm going to keep this belt. Or we could end a year of dominance, one entire year of Travis Dufour being the mainstay guy. Grand champion. It could end at house. Ringing in 2017, your new grand champion. I'm not willing to accept that. I'm not going to accept that. This Saturday night, being accompanied by Kess Edison, with my boys being very close by, the Impeccables, I'm going to keep this belt. And I'm going to bring in 2017 the only way that I know how with Phoenix Pro Wrestling still having the champion that they can be proud of, Travis Dufour. You didn't seem like you wanted to drop that belt uh, under any circumstances. They can all kiss my ass, Mike. No, the interesting thing that I'm picking up here, uh, you wrestled, uh, we talked about a little bit ago, in front of the big crowd, 5,000 people, and you actually lost the title to Manchild, technically. I mean, I know that you ended up revealing the Ninja the Ninja Turtles title and all that, but you are technically no longer the Grand Slam champion. Or I'm going to keep saying it. you are no longer the Grand Champion. Damn it, it should be called the Grand Slam champion. That sounds way better. <laughs> you uh, so you technically lost this belt, the Grand Championship. Can you can you explain to me how that I didn't worked? lose the Grand Championship. I lost the Ninja Turtle title. I'm still the Grand Champion. But, but in storyline, wasn't that a grand championship match? No, they just called it a title match. And I kept saying in promos, I'm putting the title on the line. I got you. So that's how you got it, got out of it then. Yeah. Some kind of you stupid sneaky, indie sneaky loophole. son of a bitch. No, but no, I'm glad that you just painted that picture though. Um, if we see me win and win and win. Oh, oh, at, at high schools and rec centers. And no, it's school. getting exhausting seeing you win so much. Jesus. No, 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 <laughs> no. We've seen me win, okay? But on the 
biggest event at the stadium. I'm fucking losing. Could so I just done. want I just want everybody to know it, it truly is not about wins and losses. Yeah. But when you're winning, it's a lot more fun. Hell yeah. And this is another circumstance where I'm winning December 17th, 2016. And uh, for Phoenix Pro Wrestling, Altoona, Pennsylvania, I retain the grand championship against Shane Malice. Yo, I was supposed to wrestle White House. What the fuck happened? Yeah. So you're defending that grand championship, which hopefully I can get right from now on. Correct. And you, uh, you retain it. Yeah, I'm defeating Shane Mouse again. I was originally supposed to wrestle Ed House. That's who I cut the promo for. There was a snowstorm. He did not make it. Yeah, he actually posted on Facebook. Apology. I have no idea what this guy sounds like. Never met him in my entire life, so I'm going to make up his accent. Apologies to anybody in Altoona who was going to see Phoenix Pro Wrestling, hoping to see Ed House versus Travis Dufour. Due to the weather and other circumstances outside my control, I will be unable to attend. Maybe another time, champ. Very interesting. I'm supposed to wrestle Ed House. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. Nope. Yeah, I will eventually wrestle Ed House, though. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. Do you know the real story of why it wasn't really weather? Or what was it that he couldn't come out? It was weather. Yeah. But uh, as a replacement, Shane Malice, he ends up getting beat. Um, and we announce at the next show that I'll be wrestling Sherrod Hall. Is this a guy you've wrestled before? So you knew, who is he? Sherrod Hall? Yeah. Uh, he is catching a lot of steam at Phoenix Pro Wrestling at this time. Uh, he was in a feud against a local favorite named Black Lightning, uh, where they um, Sherrod Hall looked very good in that feud with Black Lightning. And uh, now it is time for him to... Be put in that main event spot for the K uh, for uh, for a, a a title match, but he couldn't handle the heat because he loses to Travis Dufour. One really funny thing about this night, also on the card is a cage match uh, between Shane Malice and the guy I just mentioned, Black Lightning. Now Shane Malice and Black Lightning, they do everything in this match there is a superplex off of the cage they 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 do everything right and sharad and me are standing off to the side watching this match happen and i'm old school sharad's got some old school in them um i'm watching them do their cage match and sharad starts looking over at me like whoa did you fucking see what they just did that was crazy and he gives me that reaction a couple times. And eventually he's like, Travis, um, do you think that we could maybe add this to our match to kind of combat with this? And I said, fuck you, dude. Stop right there. And I said, we are not changing anything about our match because we had already planned it. And it was an old school storytelling bump and sell match. But he wanted to add some more like pizzazz or something to it. Let's fucking add a destroyer. Let's add a dive. Let's add something. No. And I told him, um, I gave him a little speech. <laughs> I brought him to the side. I was like, Trod, you're a pro wrestler. If you can't go out there and get an, at least a near reaction as to what the guys in the cage match did, you shouldn't be doing this. 
and I kind of, I really got through to him and me and him went out and did the match that I, that, that me and him set out and we had a hell of a reaction. We had the fans in the palm of our hand. I did a mic spot before the match, uh, leading into me saying something offensive to him where he got to pop me one. So it was a great experience for him because he realized that night that you don't always have to go yeah. into yeah you, you don't got to do the crazy shit yeah exactly you don't got to do the crazy shit to show off like you can tell simply tell a good story and that'll, that'll be enough on its own exactly and this is uh my second to last like normal match that I'll have in my career yeah so next up uh, april 15th 2017 pro wrestling uh phoenix phoenix pro wrestling at the blair county convention center you are again again defending your championship the grand championship uh, but this time against ed house the guy that backed out before who said that uh, you know couldn't come out due to weather whatever the situation was now he's here now you're getting that match with him and you go over you win you retain the title. That's right. Uh, some key notes about this match and, and about the event is uh, at the beginning of the show to kind of garner some heat. I had went to dollar store earlier that day and bought like uh, birthday celebration stuff. Uh, so I put like streamers and stuff on the ropes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Phoenix Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> I have Cass Edison go out. He does a little speech on Travis Dufour and uh, inducts Travis Dufour into the Phoenix Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. The only inductee. The only and still to this day? Yeah. They just, Damn. I guess they didn't do anything with it after that. Wow. But I don't care. I'm in. You're in. You're the one and only. Hall of Famer, baby. Um, so is this getting you heat that you're being inducted into, into a Hall of Fame while you're a young dude? You know, clearly your career is not over at this point in your head. It's not over. Um, so this got to be getting getting you some, some heat. Oh, the fans the, the fans have been watching me and Kess fuck around for the last year and a half. I mean, and now we're out here talking about how great I am, how I'm a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So it did its job. We got heat. We are going into Travis Dufour versus Ed House. And something happens in the match. I'm going to play a video yeah. of, of uh, something that happens in the match. And we will get into after we watch this video. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> short clip but that uh few second clip right there changed a lot of things for you what did it look like to you mike just it looked body like slam. it looked like a, a body slam that um didn't go exactly as planned though it you know you kind of landed on your neck a little bit there yeah Did you see the the little kid in the front row yeah we can i'd actually like to watch it again if you don't mind since it is such a, such a short sure, but now pay attention uh guys who are watching this pay attention to that little kid He's like in the second or third row, but you'll see him look back whenever I get dropped. Damn. 
so is this guy uh, who he clearly kind of dropped you on your on your head there, and uh, you want to talk about first what happened, what you were feeling? Yeah, just go into the whole story. Like what what happened here? Well, I will keep my stance that I've had ever since it happened. It is my fault um, that I landed like that. Um, whenever you're taking a body slam, you are supposed to post. And I did not post on Ed House. Now, I could make any kind of fucking argument that I want and say, and yeah. Can you, can you explain to the people who aren't in the business, what does it mean to do what you just said to post? Oh, okay. Help, help him. Uh, help him do the body slam on me. Um, I'm essentially putting my hand on his leg to prop um, yourself up a little more, right? Yes. To prop myself up. Um, and I did not do that. Now I, there was a little bit of bitterness for a little while because I thought, well, why couldn't he have given me a body slam? Just normal. He, it looks like he lost me kind of, um, cause I'm, he's a lot bigger than me. Yeah. He's no small dude. And I'm, I'm about 175, 180 pounds shoot in, in this video. So he wasn't able to safely pick me up and just, just give me a body slam. Cause it does, you know, I kind of, I, he loses me kind of now, if I was posting probably wouldn't have happened. So, but you don't think this is, it was on him at all is what you're trying to say. Now I'll go ahead and take full blame. Um, you know, and it doesn't even, honestly, the, the clip, it doesn't look terrible. Like it doesn't look devastating in the sense that you were dropped like playing, but it does look like you were, you know, you landed awkwardly for, for sure. Yeah. And, and, uh, to just kind of, kind of get into it that night, at about three o'clock in the morning, um, I'm staying at my fiance's mom's because uh, it's in Cumberland, Maryland. It's kind of a, I don't have to drive all the way home. Um, so we're sleeping and everything. And I just wake up and it's three o'clock in the morning and I can't lift my head off the pillow and I can wow. barely look left or right. Are you in pain? Excruciating that's what woke me up and I kind of just reach over and grab a hold of my fiance and I start shaking her. Cause I'm, I'm scared at this point. This has never happened to me. Yeah. Um, and I tell her, I'm like, we're going to give this an hour. If I can't like move in an hour after slowly trying to move it. So you're trying I, to like stretch a little bit, like trying just to very slow. Yes. Yeah. Um, if I can't, <laughs> we're going to have to go to the hospital. And in hindsight, five years later, I wish I would have just went to the fucking hospital, but I didn't. Um, I kind of wrote it off as a stinger. Um, so go ahead. And on April 18th, wow. three days after the event, there's a quote on Facebook. Yeah. So you post recovering from a pretty nasty stinger from Saturday. Keep me in your thoughts because I'd like to stay committed to this ATCW booking Saturday. There are specific people I want to punch in the face. Thanks. Winky face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at this point, like you said, you, you're you just kind of, uh, you think it's a stinger. You just think, you know, 
not no big deal. Clearly just something I tweaked my neck or something in the match. It'll pass. Let's take it easy a couple days. Yeah. And, and everything will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. We've been through this before. We've twisted the ankle. You know, we've, they, we, this is nothing. wrestling. This ain't ballet type of thing. Yeah. Broke, broke my ribs one time, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah, another walk in the park. We're going to go ahead and do this next booking on April 22nd, 2017. I'm actually uh, told a couple days before this event. Actually, whenever I mentioned it uh, on April 18th, uh, fast forward to April 22nd, I'm booked on April 18th. I only have a couple days. I've known that I'm on this event and I may have a- not seen a doctor at this point. No. This is a multi-man ladder match. Jeez, a ladder match. And I remember telling my opponents in the match, there was another guy in this match, so his name's Ron Holiday. Um, he was kind of known amongst a couple people to be a drinker and at shows. At drunk, show, geez. drunk for the matches. Damn. And I kind of knew, okay, got to steer clear from him. Uh but everybody else in the match was good workers. Um, one of which was a guy I watched growing up a lot named Fumar. But uh, I remember this match uh, going over pretty well. Uh, to get heat, I put on a, a gold luchador mask. And I made my entrance to the ring and I got on the microphone. And I said, it's funny that there's a light heavyweight uh, ladder match happening right now with a bunch of competitors and there's no Mexicans <laughs> and, uh, and like in the crowd's like, what? And I was like, yeah, that's right. We need a luchador in this match. Well, I'm here. I'm Travis Dupont <laughs> and I'm ready to be the Mexican that you've been waiting to see all night. And I, I just, I said Mexican like eight times. Where do you come up with this stuff? I don't know. I was trying to get heat. I was trying something different, but uh, I wanted to kind of take away take away my seriousness in the match let's present me as a comedy character because my neck is hurting <laughs> and this is your first time working for atcw no i've had matches for them before okay. but uh this was kind of like a somebody couldn't make it they called me four days before the show i agreed to it and you're I in pain I, I thought i had a stinger yeah but here we are at the show my neck's fucking hurting <laughs> But Are you taking I, any pain medication, Tylenol even, something to... Nothing. Nothing. I tell everybody in the match that I'm not 100%, and everybody respects that, and they That's took good. care of me. Unlike that one time when you told somebody and they kicked the shit out of you. Yeah. Well, so let's go ahead and fast forward to the next show. This show went just fine. My neck was giving me some issues, but we'll move on to April 29th. Yeah. April 29th, 2017, SSW in Scotland pennsylvania and uh you're in another match here with christopher killoff killoff koloff oh yeah there is a koloff though the, the, the words are very small on my screen yeah so he you're in a losing match to this guy talk about this match well i was at my uh nephew's t-ball game that morning okay i get i i get a phone call they say uh, somebody can't make it to the show tonight. It's you get Scotland. a lot of these. Like, hey, somebody backed out. Once you come on the card, no, that I, 
honestly, I think that's one of the coolest things about wrestling is because you, you just never know where it's going to take you. Yeah. So this time, Scotland, Pennsylvania, superstar wrestling promoter hits me up says we had a cancellation. Somebody needs somebody that we can trust. A good worker needs to work. Christopher Koloff. I agree to it. I show up. I have to wrestle Christopher Koloff. He's this big jacked up Russian character guy. He's pretty much going to beat up on me in this match. I'm going to have some hope spots and all that. I'm not going to look like total garbage, <laughs> uh, but he's going to get the win at the end. Um, what we want to do at the beginning of the match is have him give me a hip toss, have him give me an arm drag, have him give me a body slam. And then I'll get the leg up by giving him uh, a, uh, uh, fucking, I just said the name of the move and I can't remember it now. Hip toss, arm drag, body slam. It's an old spot from Tennessee. Um, so we go to do it. First thing he fucking does to me. He gives me a hip toss. I take that big front flip bump. My neck locks up. Oh, Extreme. and you felt it immediately. I can't look left or right. <laughs> wow. And then. He, I get up. I'm in a match. I get up. He gives me an arm drag. My neck is like, whoa, bro. That was a fast move. An arm drag is <laughs> a quick fucking move. And he's yeah. like, what are you doing? Then here we go. He's giving me a fucking body slam. My body's getting rattled. And like, I'm in so much pain. And a body I, slam is what caused the injury to begin with, right? Yeah. And I wrestled the rest of the match. Five, I fought through the pain. I got to the back. I immediately find the promoter. I get my fucking pay. I grab my my shit. The next match is on, and I'm already grabbing my stuff, and I'm leaving. I find my fiance, and I'm like... And is that unusual for you? Do you usually stick around after your match? Love wrestling. Love hanging out with the boys. Yeah. I'm there until the last... I'm usually one of the last people to leave. Yeah but I'm in so much pain. And uh, for some reason I look at the old lady and I'm like, let me drive. Um, brother, you kind of need to be able to look left whenever you're entering the highway you do. and right occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> so that was scary. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm still very much so in a lot of pain. And we'll so you're in a lot of pain. Your neck's clearly locking up. Do you, you know, something's wrong. Or are you still chalking this up to, Oh, it must be a stinger. Um, well, I know that I'm not really taking any time. Let's kind of look at the dates. I hurt myself on April 15th. Yeah. I'm in a match the next weekend. Okay. And then the very next weekend, I'm in another match. I'm not taking really any time off until now. Uh, so April 29th was the match with Christopher Koloff. My next date is May 13th. So we're looking at two weeks later. Yeah. May 13th, uh, Phoenix Pro Wrestling in Altoona, PA, back at the minor league baseball stadium. And it's uh, the next year, Travis Dufour defeats Sherrod Hall after the use of a steel chair. Talk to me about this match. In hindsight, I wish I would have just dropped the belt to Sherrod that night. Uh, there was a lot of questions in the air. Sherrod knew I was hurt. Everybody. On the roster, did, they, hit, did they bring up to you about dropping the belt? Was that an idea thrown around? It was up to me, up to you, and you just uh, wanted to keep going. Yeah, 
and there was a lot of people who were who were kind of placing bets. A lot of people thought that I was going to go ahead and let Sherrod take it. And I don't remember for the life of me, my thinking, I just didn't think my neck was. That. You thought maybe it would just get better. It'll, it'll get better. I was hoping for the best and I wasn't ready for this fucking title reign to be over. Like I, I knew I still had, I, my, I'm living my dream, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready to call it quits. So bada bing, bada boom. I beat Sherrod Hall after use of a steel chair. My neck is fucked up. So as he's making his way to the ring uh, on the baseball field, I come from behind with the steel chair to his knee. I work his knee the whole time. We protect my neck. I don't get slammed once in this match. That's good. This yeah, is actually sure. a um, photo of this match. I'm holding down his foot. I've, I've already injured the knee. I've, I've been calculating the knee the whole time. So, yep, this is a picture of uh, of that match. And so in th during this match, your neck's pretty stiff. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 no. Um, if if I get slammed, if, if something physical happens to me, then yes. But if... I am just out there and I don't take any bumps. I'm fine. I, I, I can actually hit the ropes. I can run. I, I can do anything. But if I get slammed, that's whenever the problem happens. Still haven't seen a doctor, though, at this point. No. So we move on June 10th, 2017. Phoenix Pro Wrestling uh, at Westmont, Westmont Grove. What happens here? Well... We are now going to go into the final story of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode four up to this point. And now on June 10th for Phoenix pro wrestling at the Westmont Grove, I get a random phone call on my phone and I answer. It's my best friend's mom. She has never called me before i'm i was closer with her whenever i was a kid a teenager but we've never talked on the phone this this is my best friend's mom yeah. um now my my uh, my best friend's name is gary she was kind of questioning me on uh if i had seen gary um and, you know, I had, the last time I saw him was uh, on May 27th on, on my birthday party. My birthday is May 29th. Had a birthday on May 27th that he had came to. Um, and she just said that he was missing. So at this point, I go ahead and make a post on uh, my Facebook saying that he's missing. And uh, to show a picture of Gary... Um, this is him holding the grand championship while I held it. Well, he was still alive whenever I held it. <laughs> well, there's a little spoiler for you. Uh, Gary ended up dying. Now, he was found uh, outside of where his dad lives. Um, well, he was living with his dad. He was found um, a little bit into a, a wooded area. Uh, he ended up hanging himself. Jeez. Was he a troubled kid? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. 
his childhood was pretty effed. I'm not going to get into that's for another episode. I'm not going to get into um, what led him to this. I just want to paint this final picture for everyone. Um, I hurt my neck yeah. in a match that in hindsight ended my uh, in-ring career as I've, as I've known it. Now I've had a lot of matches since then. Um, but think about it this way. My wrestling career ended and then mm, about a month and a half later, my best friend I've ever had my entire life since I was about 12, 12, 13 years old. Um, fucking kills himself. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So, and it was kind of like a spiritual thing for me too. Uh, I am a religious person. Um, I had a really big beef with God at this point. Um, it's like, it wasn't enough to end my wrestling career. Yeah. But <clears throat> you're going to double whammy my ass. <laughs> was there any warning signs leading up to it that uh, he was having some serious uh, negative thoughts in that way? Three years before this, um, Gary had ended up going to prison for a time. But before he went to prison, which I don't want to get into why he went to prison. Um, before he went to prison, he, me and him were uh, drinking uh, in my car <laughs> in front of uh, my mom's place. Uh, we were just sitting there listening to music. Uh, I was mainly drinking. He wasn't really a drinker. And just, just kind of out of nowhere, he said, uh, I want to talk to you about something. And I was like, okay, what's up? And uh, he was like, I've been having like real serious thoughts about ending my life. And I was, it was like the air was taken out of the room. Like this is the most confident guy like the dude that had it all in my head. Yeah. Um, very accomplished martial artist, just a super driven guy. Why the fuck would he say that? <laughs> I learned, you know, pretty much why he wanted to, uh, later he, he, he was dealing with so much pain. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of wanted to end episode four with uh, just a little tribute to Gary. Um, he was the reason why I figured out I could put people on my shoulders and do moves. Um, he was one of the first, well, he was the first person who kind of let me trusted me enough to let me put him on my shoulders and uh, uh, my finishing maneuver is still the modified TKO. Put, put put you up on my shoulders and land you in a Stone Cold Stunner, which is a move I created with him too. Uh, when I was 16 years old, that's cool. It's just weird going. I mean, I spent Christmas most years with his family, uh, Thanksgiving dinners with him and his family. He supported your wrestling career. Oh man. Oh my God. There was 
a moment where uh, a bunch of our, of our mutual friends were having a match in Hedgesville, which is where we grew up, which is 15, 20 minutes down the road from them. And on that same night, uh, I was having a match in New Florence, Pennsylvania, which is about four hours away from our town. He could have easily went and saw a lot of our very close friends, 50, 10, 15 minutes down the road. He randomly got in his car, and this was around the time he was going through a lot of shit. Um, he got in his car and drove four hours just to watch me. Um, and on that night was the night that I turned on Tyler and we lost the Gemini titles. That was the night that he saw. And just and just real quick before you start talking, I remember walking around intermission. He never texted me or called me and said that he was going. I was walking around in our mission and I just randomly walked into him. I was like, Gary. And he was like, he's like, I wanted to fucking see you wrestle. And I was like, you fucking traveled four hours, dude. Like by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. So that was, um, yeah, that was pretty hard. Then, you know, you, you have this injury to your neck, which essentially ends your wrestling career as you knew, as you know it, as you knew it then. And then uh, this is, this happened with your friend. And like you said, it's like a double whammy. Two bad things, two seriously bad things happening all at once. Mm. Talk about depression, man. <laughs> I, well, we uh, will be talking about it in a future episode. I just romanticized uh, de depression and sadness and everything growing up, being a big fan of like emo music, my chemical romance and stuff. Like I was super into stuff like that. And I just... I don't believe I never, I ever knew what depression was until this. Yeah. Yeah. It would change my yeah, life. Death, uh, death affects, death affects everything. I mean, it's crazy, but I'm also the kind of guy where I did grow up, uh, not really that close with my family. My friends, uh, were more of my family, the older I got. And, uh, so this, this hit, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so timeline-wise, man, just so I can understand the story, um, you you have this injury. When do you relinquish relinquish the grand championship? Well, at the or next that a for a future episode. Yeah, our we will be putting a cap on this on my entire career on episode five uh, next Friday. Very good. Looking forward to that and hearing more about it and how the rest of that, cause I'm curious how that uh, title reign came to an end and when. So, yeah, I mean, and since I'm kind of in my field, since I'm uh, thinking about Gary and everything, I just want to say that uh, the do four show, um, the Travis do four show has been an absolute blessing in my life. And it has given me uh, something new to look forward to and a new goal. And it's helped me create different goals um, which we will be uh, showing you over time. Uh, this, uh, as you can see, it says stand-up comedy, stand-up comedian. Um, in the, uh, it says that you're a co-host, and it says I'm a stand-up comedian. <laughs> it doesn't say that I'm a stand-up comedian, but it does say that I'm aspiring, aspiring. to be. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I'm trying to accomplish right now, and this show has kind of ignited a fire in me. And, 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 and it giving me 
a chance to talk about Gary, um, which I never have on a, on a, like a public forum. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. yeah I'm going to say to end the show on a, on a bad note, but or not on a bad note, but on a depressing one, I guess. But at the same time, like you said earlier, it's also a tribute to your friend, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, so. I guess it, this, 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 uh, this is more sad than anything. My wrestling career, my best friend died. Both of these events happening within a month apart. Um, yeah, I, oh man. Yeah. Let's go ahead and put a cap on it. Thank you so much guys. Uh, any final thoughts, Mike? Not too much, man. I just appreciate you sharing your story. Almost lost my coffee there. I appreciate you sharing your story and, uh, going taking me on this journey with you and the listeners and it's been a blast going through everything from start to finish we got one more you said one more episode where we put a bow on on the career not that it's officially over you're still you're still actively doing some things in wrestling and all that but um we'll also touch base on on your time running a promotion next episode too so lots to chat about and then of course we got a host of other topics later this season too i mean we're talking about alcoholism, um, maybe talking about drug use, uh, divorce, just various things. And so the topics will get pretty serious and, you know, not all of them will be happy. And But that is what it is. It is what it is. We're, we're here to talk about real stuff. Yeah, I think that the, uh, a lot of people might think that the meat and potatoes of the Travis Dufour show is wrestling, but it's not. And you will learn that as we go through season one. Yeah, it might seem that way because the first five, well, yeah, next week's episode. So it'll be five episodes really dedicated to your life, your career. But to me, that's that's like you introducing yourself to the world. That's like, hey, here's me. Here's Travis Dufour. Here's what I've done. And then we get into other topics and, and branch out from there. But that's kind of how I look at it is like, you know, these first five episodes, are you introducing yourself to the world for those exactly. who don't know you? Exactly. Uh- Hey, and in if uh, episode whatever takes off and it's about uh, Sasquatch uh, and if they're like, you know what? I really like Travis. I, I think that the first couple episodes is about him. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> they certainly aren't about me. I didn't get my own episode dedicated to my trials and tribulations and, and all that stuff. So season whatever. finale, season finale, the trials and tribulations of Mike Yacht, Mike Yates. Of season one, like it's all right, guys. Thank you so much. Remember to follow on TikTok, Instagram, anywhere that is a social media platform at the do for brand. The TikTok has been uh getting updated every week. Some uh I'm not gonna say daily, but there's a lot of content on TikTok. Um, yeah. So this is Travis Dufour, and for Mike Yatsko, we will see you on episode five. <laughs>